0: Warning. The following contains bright, flashing lights, and slash or imager that may cause discomfort and slash or seizures for those with photosensitive epilepsy. Viewer discretion is advised. your hand? It. I mean, it's other than broken. I mean, the other one works, so <laughs> I can still
1: work. Awesome. Uh, we uh, we just met. Uh, although I, like at the start of the year, I saw you mm-hmm. like uh, randomly. Uh, I think I was in D.C., I think, and uh, I was seeing the fight. Mm-hmm. And I saw this dude who was being touted as a catch wrestler, grappler guy, underdog, underdog in that fight proceed to flow like a motherfucker, like a motherfucking boxer. (laughs) (laughs) Bob and weeb and go toe-to-toe with this guy who had a, a, you know, the odds were in his favor. And uh, you beat the shit out of that guy. Um, Respectfully, of course. uh, But uh, I remember seeing you uh, go through that process of systematically just taking this guy apart. And uh, on the other end of it... uh, being grateful, and uh, you know, this guy's, you know, this guy's been through some shit. Is what I said in my head, you know, when I uh, when I saw you fight. Then you know, destiny kind of brought us together, and we now we're here, kind of here sitting across
0: from each other. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? Well, um, obviously my name is Victor. I grew up in uh, I grew up in Southgate, California. Southgate. Yeah, Southgate, which is like a little. Of course, it would be south of LA, but it's like a little suburb, and you know, it's in between. Downey, Watts, Inglewood, that area.
1: So can we say it was a, you know, it was a stimulating
0: environment a to
1: stimulating grow up Stimulating
0: environment to grow up in. Yeah, and it was, uh, of course, during the early 90s where the, uh, yeah, there the was riots a- were happening and everything. And here's this little white boy that's jumping around in and, and Southgate. <laughs> and, you know, here I am today, <laughs> you know. So you say white boy, but uh, you know hablas Español. So you have oh, a oh, yeah, my yeah. dad, yeah, my dad. You know, he's from. Well, like I said, my uh, my my biological father's from Zacatecas, but the, my father who raised me is yeah. from Mexico City, and um, you know, of course, my parents met over in Southgate. There was a there was a bar over there, and they met over there, and that's where my stepdad met my mom also at that same bar, and you know, my my life has really been uh determined by the city of Southgate you know and it's yeah. funny too because my mom even told me that I was conceived in Tijuana okay. so here we are so here, I, here I am at the, <laughs> at, at the very beginning of it right uh
1: you uh you grew up in Southgate very you know that, that uh that area in the world this it reminds me like I've, I've been out there I know some people from out there sharing my experiences and talking to somebody I grew up in Tijuana I always find commonalities as far as uh, some of the uh, things that happened on both sides. I mean, basically, a lot of people that are from here moved to there, or there's a there's a weird connection between yeah. both of these places. Uh, you know, uh, 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 that place that place in that time of that time of uh, that time in history ate a lot of youth and ate a lot of kids. Like,
0: like, what made you survive that? Well, I mean, yeah, I re- So what happened was, of course, when I when I first moved there, you know. I was maybe about four or five years old. And, uh, you know, the, you see, the, the. generally speaking, the, the younger kids want to emulate the older kids. They don't yeah. want to emulate their parents. They want to Im- emulate the, the the generation above them. And uh, I saw, you know, all the people that were around, and they were all of a certain type. And, of course, I wanted to do the same thing. And, you know, the first time my mom saw, saw me in knee-high socks, she whooped the crap out <laughs> of me. She was like, you ain't going to be doing that crap. You,
1: Knee-highs and uh, the baggy, the, you know. You know, the guy, battles, yeah, the <laughs> Yeah, the
0: baggy shorts and the freaking and the pro club shirt and you know all that. You know, and I'm just and I was thinking this is what I want to I, I want to be like the older kids and you know I remember jumping into this yard where this guy named Steven, You know, I was I was friend I was friends with his younger his younger sis, his younger sisters. They were Kathy and uh, Anna, and I was friends with them. And of course, I, you know, I wanted to play and everything. And Steven goes, hey, who who the hell is this little kid? You know, so he goes, "Who, who is this?" And they they told, "Oh, his name is V You know, my mom calls, has been calling me V W since I VW. was a kid because my my middle name is Wesley. Yeah. So she, my mom goes, "You know what, Victor's too much of a name for a little kid. I'm gonna call you V W right now, and then when you get older, I'll call you, I'll call you Victor." But that never happened. So <laughs> never, yeah. yeah. So of course, I you know everybody started knowing me as V W, and then which led to uh the nickname V Diablo. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was a little hellion, you know, I was <laughs> really? full of energy, you know, and. You know, wanting to climb this, jump off that, and a, a lot of the parents around didn't want their kids hanging out with me because he's like, "Oh, you're he's a bad, get into trouble. He, he's a bad influence." He said, like, diablo," you know, and he, you, know, there's, 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 you know that's the origin of that one. And I actually heard it one time in in Japan. Somebody said, be diablo," in the middle of it, I'm you're
1: like, looking around like somebody around, followed like,
0: who, you. Who is here from Southgate? But yeah, but. You know, I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to follow in those footsteps. But, of course, my mom was just like, no, that's not going to happen. You know, so she corrected me on that and started hanging around. A couple of the kids that, you know, their parents were like, yeah, just go play. I don't care who you hang out. Just go, just don't get into trouble and just go play. And, you know, I'm still friends with those guys today. And, you know, we managed to, well, at least I did. I managed to stay out of a lot of trouble because even if I wasn't part of the trouble, but if I was around the trouble, my mom would whip my ass. Okay. You know, so it was always like, either you're guilty or you're guilty because you were around it. Yeah. So what,
1: what, what, was, what was what was your mom doing? Like, a, what was her, what was she working? In? She
0: was working at the bar over there. She was called the Fort Knotts over there. The Fort Knotts. Fort Knotts. Yeah, she was working at the bar over there as a uh, as a dancer first, and then as a bartender after I was born. Okay. So. That's what she was, doing. and my mom, white, white, super white. I mean, where's she from? She's from Arkansas. Okay, so yeah, she, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Blanca, but Blanca, yeah. So super, you know, super, super wedita, and you know, of course, when she comes down here, all of a sudden, all the all the Latinos are like, "Who's the, who's the white girl here working at this bar?" <laughs> and you know, she, I, I, I guess my mom had a certain appeal at the time, and you know, yeah. <laughs> now my, my parents are together. That she,
1: uh, she was she was basically your guardian angel. She was uh, she was the one keeping you. Uh,
0: Keeping you on the line, basically. Yeah, she was the one that was keeping me straight and narrow because of course she had, you know, experience with all the how, you know, all the pendejos that were at the bar, all the all the, the She pen- had the she had her ear to the ground basically. Yeah, so she, she was she, like, Yeah, I'm not gonna let my son get, you know, caught up in all this. So, you know, thankfully when my stepdad came in, he goes, All right, Michael, you're gonna join baseball You know, they put me in they've been putting me in sports since I was a kid and I couldn't stand baseball.
1: Well, okay. So, like, okay. I I hate organized sports myself, mm-hmm. and I grew up. Uh, they tried to force me to play basketball.
0: So mm-hmm. Fuck
1: that. <laughs> uh, what was it, what was it about uh, organized sports for you that you just could, could you know what
0: was it? So I did like sports only because I like to be active. Yeah. But the organized sports part, I was like, bro, like I, I like. Playing, give an effort, and just let's, just do this as a team. Was, was, the, was the, the
1: boxing and the parameters of what you had to do
0: instead of, like, let me just fucking figure shit out? No, it was actually other people. Okay. It was like, man, like, I can't stand the fact that I'm running these sprints and these suicides and everything super, you know, intensely because I'm trying to get better. And then I got somebody over here just kind of like, eh, you know, just yeah. kind of chilling. It's yeah. like, bro, like, I'm over here. Busting my butt <coughs> after after baseball, I started playing soccer, and I remember they put me on defense side because what would happen is I would be trying to score a goal, and then I would see the you know the defense trying to be like lazy, so I just ran all the way back in order to try to protect the goalie, and I blocked one. All of a sudden, my coach was like, "Oh yeah, you're make you're great the defense, defense. Off. and then I was like, "No, don't put me here because." I want to be active, I want to be playing, and then now I got to just stay back here while everybody's playing up there on the off chance that somebody's going, I mean, it's an important role, yeah. but damn, I want to do something, so I just started disobeying the coach, I'm just going to run up, and I'm going to run back, and I'm going to run up, and I'm going to run back. So, so, that went,
1: that, so organized sports didn't work out for you? No, organized sports did not work so out. You you obviously had a shit ton of energy when you were a kid, you
0: had Diablito and all that shit yeah. going on. <laughs> uh, skateboarding, yeah. where does that come into your life? Skateboarding came in because uh, my friend Isaac at the time he was uh, he was he was getting into skating and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. What's this? You're flipping a board around. Well, here's it. Well, there was like a, a time when it, it exploded. It was like 1997. Well, I mean, skating has always kind of like but there was there was like a, and came back. circled then came back, but like, there was yeah.
1: like a big explosion like in the like late 90s, yeah. early 2000s. There was like I, I remember like everybody here in Tijuana like when oh. we used to skate over at the big flag uh, mm. where where the uh, military cartel. Uh, where the military uh, barracks are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember, like, uh, uh, Tony Hawk came and skateboarded here. Tony Hawk, yeah. It,
0: yeah. It, it, what was it? It was around the boom of the, uh, of the Tony Hawk game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember Everybody the, was skateboarding. 100%. Yeah, like, just any sort of skateboard you can get your hands on. So you,
1: you, you saw one of your friends basically get into it. Yeah,
0: I saw one of my friends get into it, and, of course, my mom didn't have the money for it. So, so for people that
1: don't know, like, back then, uh, like, a, like a simple, like, a basic deck...
0: Yeah. That's 100. No, just for the deck itself was about 50 bucks. Yeah, the, But for a complete board with yeah, trucks, so wheels, bearings, uh, you know, deck, grip tape, all that, that was about 100. It could range from 110, 130 bucks, depending on. It,
1: yeah, but I'm, it's expensive. It was expensive. As yeah. shit. For, especially, you
0: know, especially for around the age group that it, it, it really impacted. You're going from buying toys that are like, you know, five ten bucks. Maybe yeah. video games every few yeah. months. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> maybe buying a video game every for your kid, maybe every few months. Yeah. So all of a sudden your kid has a, a, a hobby, it's costing It's eating shoes, eating clothes and also yeah. decks that you were I don't know, how long how long would a deck last, yeah? I mean it would depend on how good you were, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If if you were like not so good and you were kinda like just skating around, the deck could last you about three, four or five months. But if you're, if you're tearing grinding. it up, if you're tearing it up, trying to you know, trying to kickflip these nine stairs and you know, in your in your, you know, board sliding, grinding all sorts of rails, then yeah, you're going to uh, you're going to go through the decks. I mean, I remember I there was a couple months where I went through a deck, maybe, like two, two a month. Yeah. For a yeah. while, because I was okay. I'm gonna jump this 17 stair. I'm gonna jump off this loading dock. I'm gonna jump off this. I'm gonna jump off that. Crack. Yeah. And boom. Yeah. You, you snap your deck, and you're
1: like. Also, ah. you're also you're eating shoes. You're sh- you're eating shoes that are you know like what was your what was your favorite brand of skateboarding shoes? Like, skateboarding etnies. The etnies. Etnies. And,
0: and, Andrew Andrew Reynolds etnies and the uh, and the. Uh, and The vans, the uh, Caballeros, the Steve Caballeros, yeah, those yeah, were legit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't like too much, I didn't like the active ones because they were too poofy at the time. The Osiris, they were, yeah, too poofy. Every, yeah,
1: Osiris. Every, every, everything went to giant tongues, and even like some kids would just stuff another tongue in there for yeah. some reason. They yeah, for to have style, them. for yeah. style, man. I
0: mean, I remember the it was what, what was it? Was, it was at the tail end of Jinko jeans, yeah, Do you yeah. That? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like tail end of Jinko, but you could conceal carry a bazooka and yeah. whatever. <laughs> It was the tail end of Jinko jeans, but the very beginning of skating. So those kind of styles kind of molded together. Yeah. So you know, I was like, oh well, I'm not into Jinko jeans, but I, I'll wear cargo shorts. Yeah. You know, and yeah, so you know, it eventually became like, oh hey, you're the you're the white boy skater, huh? You're the white boy skater. <laughs> and then of course all the cholitos around, they were like, hey. You worship the devil, huh? I'm like, what what does that have to do with anything? Just because I got long hair and I'm skating. And you know, my at that point, my stepdad had come into my life and he uh he introduced me to heavy metal. Okay. Know? Yeah. Like one, what, what what type <laughs> of heavy metal you, like your stepdad did that. Yeah, my stepdad. So check this out. So when my, my dad and my mom my stepdad and my mom, when they first got together, yeah, there was a there was a rough period where he wasn't quite staying around. He was staying at his own place, but they were dating and it was just weird. My mom goes, you know what? I'm not gonna have this man around my son. If we ain't married, so my so my so he was like, "All right, let's get married," you know. And it was tough because at the time he had a he had a job that was paying around three hundred dollars a week. Okay, so and then he told my mom, "Listen, you don't have to work at that bar anymore. We'll struggle, but you don't have to work anymore." And she goes, "All right." So there was a while we were living
1: yeah. off
0: of like two hundred, three hundred dollars a week, ah. eating you know grilled cheese sandwiches for you know, a week straight because of rent. We needed to make rent. We needed to do whatever. And it was just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't comfortable what we lived, you know? And, you know, I, you know, it's funny because like nowadays I see the, the state of what families are and it's like, okay, we're just going to split. And, you know, we got split custody or whatever. And now I'm thinking, man, like, I would much rather have ate grilled cheese sandwiches for like two weeks, three weeks, even a month straight than not grow up with a father and a mom, even though it's not my biological father. It's still but, like that. Gave me building blocks just to that's a, build that towards the future. That's such a powerful thing
1: to say, and not a lot of people to know that. Yeah, yeah that and it's. It, it, I mean, it was
0: either. tough. You know, sleeping on the floor. You know, eventually when we moved out, you know, we got a slightly bigger spot, but I was still sleeping on the floor. You know, my mom was sleeping on the couch. My dad was sleeping on the bed. We, my dad, my dad snores super loud. So, you know, we were all kind of cramped and figuring it out. But you know, it's Doing still a family. Life. It's still a family unit. You know. So he introduced you to metal. He introduces me to metal because mm-hmm. he had a uh, he had a storage unit over in over over in Southgate, and I remember picking up a tape, and I was like, "Hey, what, what's KNAC? He goes, "Oh, Miko, just you know, <laughs> come on." And at the time, he had a Firebird. Holy shit! He had shit. a Firebird, and it was this thing was gutted out. He loved this car, yeah, you yeah. Know, and it had. No passenger seat, no back seat. It was just driver's seat. Death proof. It was twisted steel and sex appeal, man. And he goes, mijo, hold on, we're gonna go fast, and brrrr, and he would just go and he popped in this uh, K N A C C uh, tape, and the first thing I heard it was mandatory metallica uh, da 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 You know, a black end came on. I was like, oh, wait, what was How old were you? Oh, bro, I was maybe. Eight eight years old, and I'm holding on to a roll cage, just going and he's going super fast. My hair's flowing in the wind, and he's bah, bah, slamming through the gears. And uh, yeah, uh, Mandatory Metallica comes on, then I hear you know, and then I hear um Skid Row, and then I hear The Offspring. And it was just you know, he recorded it off the radio, yeah. yeah. But it's just all these songs that I'm I mean, all these bands, some, there's, there's some alchemy going on in your head at this
1: point. Yeah. Changing something should change, yeah. Something's
0: changing. I'm turning into the ex, the uh, the uh, the super saiyan level of Diablo, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just like, oh, this is pretty cool, you know, and getting into heavy metal, and here I am, and then, of course, yeah, kind of influences yeah uh, that uh, that influenced everything because here I am and I'm listening to heavy metal I'm a little I'm a little white kid in Southgate that I've already been made to feel different anyways yeah. because all the all the uh, older kids hey what hey this all this or or even just you know this just the general bullying that goes on between kids yeah you know you're the white kid get out of here cracker you know get out of here blah 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 and yeah. it's just you know it is what it is you know the general bullying and and the fact that you are they you know, you are slightly different in what's around. So yeah, people you're, are you're going to extend, accentuate it, you know, so. You're skateboarding, you are in the metal. You're this weird kid. Yeah, I'm just with a this, bunch I'll, of
1: weird mixture of Latin and metal and it, skateboarding
0: and you're yeah. just a ball of energy. Yeah, yeah, and of course, like I said, it's just, it's um I'm made to feel different. So I'm like, okay, well, okay. I didn't translate that as I'm different. I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm gonna try super hard to make to, it's to seek approval to conform yeah I'm just gonna okay I'm weird you're ready it it, it. it it is what it is <laughs> And I, anything that I do, nobody's gonna really care anyways, but as long as I have fun, I guess i'm gonna do it fuck it that's a, that's a beautiful thing to that's yeah. a beautiful thing come come to most people will conform or yeah like w- yeah it's cool it what's it was funny too is because I remember uh like there'd be a lot of like new kids that would come in from different areas you know, and they either they got. I don't know what happened, but the point is they they moved into this neighborhood or mo- they moved into Southgate, and sure enough, they're you know they're trying to be a part of it, but they're from like an affluent neighborhood or from this other you know from this other city that nobody really is taking seriously. Okay. you know I was like, those are the ones that you probably should watch out for because either a they're gonna be they they they're, they're gonna be exactly what you expect, which is like oh they're just gonna be some rich kid that yeah. that's trying to be hood. Or they're going to really – they're really going to try extra hard by doing something extra stupid. but retarded, yeah. Just to get them some street clout, you know, which would happen sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, like, oh, oh, did you hear what's-his-name, you know, <coughs> armed robbery? Or, oh, what's-his-name got in a fight with this person and ended up, sh- you know, stabbing this person or shooting this person. I was like, well, yeah, because they had something to prove because you guys gave them a bunch of shit yeah. for being soft from Downey, you know, or soft from <laughs> – you know, soft from this area, soft from that area. It's like, bro, just, just, how about you just let them just be? Yeah. You know, stop trying to, stop trying to force them into a corner. So you're skateboarding,
1: you're growing up in an environment where you're, you know, feel kind of, you know, it's, you know, I, I get the, uh, I get the aspect of you know, Nino Blanco with a bunch of brown kids around. I get that aspect of it. And I mean, I was a kid too. Uh, my foster brother was whiter than I am, you know, the as shit. He had green eyes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't speak English. It's funny, you know, but he like grew up here. Yeah. Uh, here was a different thing. Uh, here we you know we hate the Blancos because you know they get all the checks because you know this is it's a business you yeah. know you're out there growing up with
0: that uh, skateboarding what does fighting start for you fighting really well I remember for a long time my mom would never say don't get in fights in school it was don't like, like a, a violence so how was it, how did your mom view violence like she, she like, don't uh, so my so my uncle. My uncle was actually like a kung fu black belt and everything. And kung fu, yeah, he was he was into it. And it's funny because like he, <laughs> what, my what, other uncle, what do he like do like forms and shit like that? Weapons, will like I, kung I, fu weapons. Be I around? don't remember because he died when I was super young. Okay, so he uh, he was he was involved in a motorcycle. Like he painted his helmet and he didn't wear it. So he and then sure enough, he got boop, he got hit by a car, and then that's okay. it. You know, but um, you know, I remember my my other uncle saying, "If your uncle didn't pass, when he did." He would, he would have been in the 1993 UFC. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he was that that much was, into he, he it. Was, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because my mom, you know, in meeting my family, my mom is the firecracker. You know, she's the one that gets up in everybody's faces. This is wrong. This is right. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. You know, it was just weird because it's like now I can see how, how a lot of my mom is in me, whereas yeah. it's like, no, I'm going to do this because this is the so, right thing to so, do. So this uncle had passed away that had all of this potential. Yeah, so he... Yeah, he obviously had passed, but my mom has always like talked about him growing up. It was he was like a a family legend that was behind behind a lot of it, you know. So then, of course, when I got into Power Rangers and I got into Mad Max, you know, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, I graduated junior high, and then. All the, all the, the only sports program my high school had was basketball. And I was like, bro, and nah, that's not happening. You're not going to play basketball. I was like, here, go here, pick something from the paper. Cause you're not going to just do nothing. You're like, you have to be active. That's, that's such a
1: great thing that your mom did. It's you know, yeah. a lot of energy. You're going to have to expend it somewhere. So yeah. she's like, like. Pick something. Where are you going yeah. to
0: spend that energy? Yeah. And because also I was playing soccer for years before that, I didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted to play football. But the place I was going obviously had no football. No football program. So I was like, boom, Taekwondo, two days a week, $25. A That's where you got your kicks. That's why I saw. I saw. I went in. I saw somebody get kicked in the head. I was like, bro, this is for me. This is for me. So, you know, and then uh, what ends up happening is that, you know, of course, a couple of my friends were there, and they were already black belts. I didn't even know they were black belts, but they were, and I was like, oh, damn. I'm like, yeah. y'all, tra- you know, y'all know this guy, blah, blah, blah. So it just training really turned into – a good energy outlet and hanging out with my friends I mean how often do you get to just get in fights with your friends and be just like alright that cool was cool we'll go yeah, walk cool. out of there let's go and then afterwards oh hey let's go get let's go get something to eat alright oh, cool yeah yeah that's <laughs> fun you know I remember uh, my friend Juan used to just beat the crap out of me just I remember the first time I sparred i just bam lead leg, lead leg side kick I came in for him and boom, boom right in the stomach sat me on my butt and I was like alright I'm gonna get you back for that one figure and it I, out I, yeah and what's funny too is that he inspired my a lot of me training because i was like i'm gonna get him i'm gonna get him he's a black belt i'm a green belt but one of these days i'm just i'm gonna get him a retribution yeah
1: uh, it's a, a motivator yeah
0: so then i eventually i catch up to him and now we're even but then i've i at the at that point i had already gotten my black belt and i was uh, and i got kicked out of my house my mom kicked me out of my house what happened <laughs> well so <laughs> so this is what happened. I was dating a girl before. and she, My mom found out that her and I were getting physical. And my mom. How old are you? I was 18. Oh, no, man, oh, you're going to ruin your life. Oh, yeah, you're <laughs> going to, you know, especially, you know, she was the next door neighbor. And it was just, you know, it wasn't just the fact that we were being physical. It was just that, you know, it was, it was young love that was inseparable. It was like. You were stuck together. It was, you, you know, know. Everywhere you go. Everywhere. You, did you, know. you stop uh, doing things because of her? I like? stopped hanging out with my friends a lot. You know, so I still kept doing, going to Taekwondo. I still, I kept skating. I kept doing a lot of things. But any waking moment, if I wasn't with her, then she would get mad at me, oh, which shit. would reflect on me. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with her or she's going to get mad, Tox- which is the uh, – toxic, Yeah, il- il- toxica, yeah. <laughs> so, but that's what happens, you know. Like, I'm just like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to – you know, I'm going to give up this. I'm going to give up that. I'm going to give up this just to make her happy, just to make her happy. And then eventually, like I said, my mom found out and, you know, she said – I remember my mom saying, listen, you can still be with her, but you can only see her on this day, this day, this day, because you need to do other things. And at the time, I was like, no, it's not enough. She's going to blah, blah, blah. She's going to do this. She's going to do that or whatever. And then so we were ha- we were hanging out with each other. Like I said, it's just a very unhealthy relationship. Yeah. So my mom goes, all right, you can either continue seeing her or you can live here. And I was like, well. It. See you later. So I went to go. I went I started living in Lake Paris with my, with my biolog- biological father. And I was working uh, a construction job doing drywall. And I said, listen, dad, don't pay me. Just pay for my martial arts school because I found this place called Marshallini's Martial Arts Academy out there. Okay. I said, pay for that and pay for my schooling because I was going to college still. Well, I wanted to go to college. So I started going to San Jacinto, took a couple of classes there. And then it was just like, okay, now I'm juggling having this really toxic girlfriend you know and then going to martial arts which i I had no car to get to so i was using my cousin's bike and i would just bike down this long dark road just to get to these this get to this academy do jiu-jitsu and then come all the way back and then around that time is when ufc like season one was out and i was watching andre arlovsky and i was like man hopefully i could grow up to be like that you know doing something you know so started doing the martial arts and training and you know working and then eventually you know it's just it it's just the way things happened i ended up moving back with in with my mom because i came to a certain point with the, with this girl that i was with where i was just like listen this relationship is unhealthy if i'm not there well, you're what, getting you're what, getting what, super mad at me which what was that like uh, what broke your back with her ah uh, well, oh, it was because what would happen was i would go visit on the weekends and Sure enough, you know. Sometimes my dad just can't go. I didn't have a driver's license. Yeah. You know, so I would sometimes I would drive out there on a car that was uninsured. You know, I didn't have a driver's license. It was just bad news all all around. You know, and I would sleep on my car while I was there because nobody would take me in. And I was like, I remember sitting in my car thinking, "This can't this be sustainable. This is this can't be my life. I don't want this to be my life because." it sucks, you know, like I'm, I'm struggling out, out there, I'm struggling down here, and if I don't come down here to see her, now I'm in trouble again, and then it's just, it's just not good, you know, so eventually I just told her, yo, this is, this has got to stop, you know, and of course she's mad, but I'm upset, and I'm just like, well, it is what it is, right, so I, I started talking to my mom again, and I told her, you know what, mom, like, and she goes, well, did you see the error of your ways, and I was like, and what, (laughs) and I was like, and I told her, listen, mom, just because you were right doesn't mean I didn't learn something. Yeah. You know, and you know, it, it it's weird because I remember thinking to myself, I'm I, I'm glad I made my own decision, even though it was the right, it was the wrong decision. Yeah. But this wrong decision led me to so other so many other things. Yeah. I started training jujitsu, which I continued doing. You know, I went to the Gracie Academy when when I when I moved back in with my mom, I started going to the Gracie Academy, because of course my mom goes, if you're gonna live here, you gotta do something. You can't just be doing nothing. So started going to college uh I went I, I started going to uh, Rio Hondo I got a job at Knott's Berry Farm I uh I was teaching I was helping volunteer at the Taekwondo Center and I was going to uh jiu-jitsu over at the Gracie Academy and I remember thinking man this this is a lot to do but I'm having fun doing it yeah. and I and now I get to see my friends again you know we're all we're all chilling again and, That was, you know, that's basically the start of like, oh, this is fun. This is fun. I hadn't even thought about fighting. I just thought about, hey, this is fun to do. It wasn't until the Gracie, I got my blue belt in the Gracie Academy because I was doing month to month. Okay. And I remember thinking, you know, the Gracie Academy was charging me a premium price because I was doing month to month. They were, of course, they want to lock people into a contract, but I was like, you know, man, I'm going to school. I'm working. I don't know how these things are going to change. So I got to do month to month. Once I got my blue belt, they were like, "We want to put you on a purple belt program. We can see that you're dedicated, this, that, and the other." And I'm like, "You know what, man? Like, I can't afford that because they wanted to charge me a super like inflated price, and I didn't have a homie discount, you know? Because while I was there, Brian Ortega was still a brown belt. Okay, wow. you know, and he was, you know, He's he's a legit martial arts, but he was their boy. He was yeah. like, oh, he's gonna make it this, and he's gonna, that. and then which is weird because now I train with uh, Brian Ortega's, uh, you know, one of his best friends, uh, Jean Paul, and. He's an animal, you know. He's also a big buff animal. I was like, bro, like, how, you know, what? Let's go, let's go. Like, I don't care how big and buff you are. i am ai am am I'm a, I'm a. Let's go. But um, yeah, I remember thinking to myself, you know, like this is too much. I need a, I need to find a different school. And I, at the time, I wanted, I was thinking, you know what? I want to do Muay Thai also.
1: Okay. So I was thinking about
0: going to one school for Muay Thai, and I was going thinking about going to a different school for jiu-jitsu, and I was just going to start traveling. I was looking at my schedule. Oh, yeah, let me. Let
1: were, you, were, you, were you conscientiously building up your skill set, or was this just because you had energy, you liked it, and I you just were liked trying
0: to the stimulation of learning new shit? Yeah, I just loved martial arts. You know, I was like, and at the time, I was like, yeah, bro, I want, I still want to do kung fu. I want to learn all that fancy stuff, but I still want to learn this, and I want to learn that, and I want to learn that. In my head, I was like, bro, I wanted to have 10 different black belts by the time I was 40. Okay. You know? So then I found this place called Legends Mixed Martial Arts over in Hollywood where it was uh, Randy Couture and Boss Rutan opened up this place. And I started going and their first class was at like 6 a.m. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to go because it gives me a chance to take a couple classes, head over to school, head over to work, and then just do that. So then what ends up happening is that my trainer at the time, he goes, bro, you're here all the time anyways. Why don't you have a fight? And I was like, uh, sure, whatever, dude. I'll what, try it. So they were, trying, yeah, yeah. yeah. So eventually, I had my first fight. I TKO'd the guy. It was a, it was a kick. It was a Muay Thai smoker. What was your preparation for your first fight? Was there any like
1: thinking back on it? You know, it, was, was it n- just basically you just okay? Yeah, it was just me
0: going, <laughs> yeah, bro. All right, cool. Yeah, let, let's try it. He goes, all right, show up here at this time, and I, and we'll weigh in. I was about 138 pounds, soaking wet, with rocks in my pack, uh, in my pocket, <laughs> and. I was like, yeah, sure. And I went up against this dude that was pretty, you know, pretty thick. He was shorter than me, but he was thicker. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, he weighs 140. And I was like, yeah, right, but whatever. So I went out there, and I switched kick the guy in the face twice. Bam. And then the guy kind of waves it off. He's like, I ain't doing this no more. I was like, oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I won. And then um, I had a couple more of those, and I remember thinking, man, these fights are getting harder. I can't, I can't sustainably do. How, how were they getting harder for you? The, the competition. People, the, people, the more advanced people were coming yeah, from, more, putting, putting yeah. in front of you. Yeah, yeah. because uh, my second fight I remember uh, actually training for. You know, my, my trainer was like, all right, we're going to put you on this fight. And at the time, the way smokers worked back then was you wouldn't train for an opponent. You would just show up, weigh in, and how many fights do you have? How much do you weigh? All right, you guys fight. And I remember showing up a couple times, and the commission would be like, hey, yeah, you guys go home. Like This is not happening you know, so smokers were more word of mouth, you know, okay. like, hey, hey we're going to have, we're going to just do this and whatever. But sometimes the commission would find out because of snitches or whatever. And yeah. They would shut it down. Shitty so, shit. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. This was this was a while ago. So, you know, I uh, I show up to this, you know, I actually did train for this fight. And this other mm-hmm. guy, you know, I guess had been training for this day also. And then my trainer and his trainer agreed and we fought and I beat the horse shit out of this Fuck. kid. I mean, I, it was funny, too, because I was wearing pink shorts and pink mouthpiece. <laughs> just just why? 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 Just that's because? What, just, that's I, what they gave you? That's what they gave me. So, actually, you know, what happened was I brought MMA shorts to this Muay Thai smoker, and they were like, no, MMA shorts. And my coach, he's like, I have shorts, but they're pink. I was like, yeah, whatever. Go ahead. Here. And then the pink mouthpiece, I just had a boil bite. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I just, it was it was one right there. You know, you know when you're first starting, you don't know what gloves fit well and, what mouthpiece you prefer, and Figuring what shin, shin guards. guards? You yeah. know, it's like you're going into a whole new world of different fits and different protection and different. And this.
1: Also, it's at a time when like technology and all that shit is just changing constantly. Things are, you know. yeah.
0: I mean, like the the amount of gear that's out now, that's like form fitting and you know moisture wicking. This and it, it's it, it's crazy, yeah. but like because back then right. it was just like here's your shin guards. Shut up, <laughs> you know. So. Of course, I go in there and and I go. Well, I just I just I I work this guy, you know. And then, yeah. according to my trainer, the other coach was so mad at my tr- at my coach. He said, "You told me this guy has only had one fight. How come he's fighting like that?" <laughs> and he goes, "He he has only had one fight, but he didn't mention the years of Taekwondo that I had before yeah. So it's I I did have competition. I did have, you know someone standing in front of me and sparring, but it just wasn't a Muay Thai fight, you know. So here I am, and I just, I just worked this poor kid, and, you know, at the fight after that was a really hard one. And sure enough, I was like, you know what, I can't I can't half-ass two things. I need a whole-ass one. So I figure as long as I, st- I, c- I stay responsible, I, I keep my, my genes in my genes, so to say, you know, I don't <laughs> get anybody pregnant, I can, I can really pursue this fighting thing. So I was like, all right, and again, this is around the time where I – Break up with my psycho ex girlfriend. I'm gonna dedicate to training. I'm gonna dedicate my time to training. That's from, your uh, Miyamoto
1: Musashi moment, where he fucking
0: goes into the fucking woods. Basically, yeah. So uh, from 18, 18 to 25 years old, that's all I did. I even told. him, when, Eventually, when Josh Barnett came into my life, what happened with that was uh, my trainer at the time, Jimmy Romero, was uh, was teaching out of uh, a gym in in Hollywood somewhere. Because at this point, we had he had left Legends, okay, because of like you know just philosophical differences with the head coach there and i was like well you're my coach i'm going with you so i went with him and then eventually he just couldn't do it anymore so he started he was teaching out of this gym and then a uh a student of his named dave calstein and lauren they um they knew josh barnett okay and yeah. they were like hey yo come in for jump, a job just so people that know who mm-hmm. josh barnett is he's a a legend, in, a legend, yeah, a legend in mixed martial arts, heavyweight. You know, fought in Pride, and you know he uh, he's done a lot in in the fighting world. Yeah, and, yeah. And even outside of fighting, he's done a lot. You know, he's got his whiskey, war <laughs> with sesame Creek, and uh, you know and he's, he, he's produced. He produces some
1: amazing fighters. Yeah, I, I mean. mean
0: I mean, I can't, I can't well, speak to that. But I can, I, hey. I can, yeah, okay. I can.
1: Uh, yeah, he, he produces quality, He produces amazing, well-rounded
0: people that have, you know, skills. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, he, he's so got, He's he believes in a product, and if you don't represent that product to the, to the fullest, then he won't, he won't claim so you. So he shows up in your life. So he shows up for a seminar, and I remember thinking, oh crap. This is, like, the first celebrity kind of fighter or big-time fighter that I've been around. Okay. So uh, I'm going to try to pick his brain. I'm going to try to learn everything that he possibly – that I can get from him. And then he he tells my coach, Jimmy, he goes, hey, you have these guys that want to fight. Send them to a fighting gym. Like, messing around with uh, – you have these fighters, but then you also have these uh, these guys that just want to train in the morning. You know, like, it's not the same. You need, you need to send these fighters to a fighting gym so and, and for people that don't know what that is like wh- what's the difference between a fighting gym and just justice you know well i, I would say that the, the difference would be in the playing a professional sport versus just going with your homies on the weekend to you they're know play playing. a little pickup basketball
1: so basically a well-rounded trainer. well-rounded
0: and it's you know the training is purposeful we're going to do this for this reason we're going to do this for this reason and even though it's only a part of fighting can you imagine i mean for you know for other people that play sports we're only going to practice free throws today
1: Yeah, okay. We're going to
0: practice free throws for an hour and a half, and then we're going to do sprints for 30 minutes, and then you guys can go home. You know, can you imagine that? As opposed to just, hey, we're going to show up, and we're going to play a little, you know, metegol or whatever, and we're going to... So basically whittling away and chiseling away at stuff. At certain skill sets, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so Josh goes, send send your guys to CSW. Uh, We have sparring on this day and this day and show up at this time. So, So, all right, so me and my friend Jordan Wright, we go over there and we, you know, we spar with these guys and I remember just getting my fucking ass kicked and I'm just like, bro, this is, you know, this is crazy. And for people that have been training for a l- less time than I have, I was expecting that. Okay. I'm at least going to do all right. But not to say that my Taekwondo years were wasted, but they weren't utilized in the way that it could have been because, just if you have the proper environment, just to start, yeah, that is that's huge building blocks, you know. And you know, I've mentioned to a lot of you know, I mentioned to a lot of fighters and coaches. You know, when I first started, I first, I started at a community. I mean, it is what it is. It's a community center run by run run by a black belt, but who have never who he's may, maybe have has had a couple of like tournament yeah. fights, but never got never really pushed for fighting yeah you know, it's different it's totally so, different yeah very different so when i went into this mma gym got my ass kicked yeah and then i was like i just remember sitting in the car you know just, it was one of those ass whoopings where you drive home the speed limit with no radio and just the windows down and you just oh. a, uh, a spiritual inflammation yeah it's just like geez like i just got worked you know mm-hmm. more like spiritual deflation man like yeah. i was just like man do i even belong here do i because these are some animals, you know. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if I can do that. And then I showed up the next time. And then I showed up the next time. And then even, but I was still training with my original, uh, my original trainer. And then he said, I can't do this anymore. It's, I, I can't make, I can't sustain my life. You know, I need to, I need to figure something out. So the, the fight team is no more. Damn. So I was like, damn, uh, here I am. I don't, I wanted to fight. I'm not quite good enough. I, I just lost my last amateur fight. I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. The death. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a Jesus in the desert. Yeah. You know. You know going quit. for forty days. You know, quit. Yeah. So, Josh Barnett calls me on my phone. He goes, "Hey." I'm like, "Uh, yeah, hello. Who's this?" He goes, "This is Josh." It was a Josh who? Josh Barnett, idiot. Uh oh, Okay. <laughs> hey, what's up? He goes, "Come to CSW on Monday." And I'm like, "Hey, bro. Like, I don't have a job. I just lost my job over at Knott's Berry Farm because." Legends MMA was supposed to hire me as a front desk person, but they kind of dicked me around on that. So Knott's Berry Farm wasn't taking me back. I had no job, and I was like, bro, I don't have a job. I can't pay a membership. Nothing to lose, basically. Yeah, and he goes, that's not what I asked you. I said, go to the gym on Monday. I'm like, I'll be there. So I found a way to get there, and he shows up. He pats me on the shoulder. He goes, you got a pro fight in three weeks. I'm like uh uh okay and I was like shit and then I didn't even I didn't even see him for the majority of this three week camp yeah and but he's checking up on me he's calling me how's training how's this how's that and you know a lot of people think that Josh just picked me up and it was my coach from day one he's always had interest in me from day one but he he's always tested me he well I shouldn't say always but he's always been testing me this motherfucker but um (laughs) He was testing me first, yeah. Because he wanted to see he, w- he, wanted, to see if the he wanted to see if I had moxie, you know. <laughs> like he wanted to see if I if I was up to snuff, you know. So what he did was, uh, all right, you got this fight. Is he going to pull out? And I remember thinking, man, I think I should pull out because it it got to the point where I couldn't stand up on my own. I had to crawl up against the cage because I was so stressed that oh man, this is a pro fight. Yeah. Like, it's not this amateur the, fight. The, the anxiety and the anticipation of the unknown was even. Yeah, I was like, bro, like, I don't, I don't know what this is going to be like. So all I know is I got to, uh, I'm going to try to do, I'm going to try to emulate what other people are doing. So I got to try my hardest at fight practice. I got to find a way to get my running in. I got to get my secondary stuff. And then also Josh is telling me to do certain things. So I'm like, all right. So I'm just training my body to the utmost. And then it got to the point where I couldn't stand up because something was wrong with my back. Like I was like crawling up. Lower the cage. back, lower back. It was like mid back. Holy shit. Yeah, it was like it wasn't like I was sore from deadlifting. It was like like something was wrong. Yeah. And I'm thinking, and my even my friends like, bro, you should like pull out. And I was like, Hell no. I can you imagine what Josh is gonna tell me? He's gonna whoop my ass. Fuck. Cause for those people that don't know, Josh was a heavy part of whooping my ass. You know, not for the first fight, because he wasn't even around. But like whenever he put on gloves, come here. I'm like, Oh shit, I guess I'm getting my ass whooped today. <laughs> so you know, I have this fight, and I don't know how the guy kicked me, but you know, apparently, it fixed something in my back, and I won after almost getting triangled <laughs> he, by by a Muay Thai guy. He you fixed your back with he, a kick. He, he fixed my back with something. Click. All right, that worked. And so <laughs> I ended up finishing him by in the first round, on the second round, by a choke. And um, come to find out, so this guy had he was his record was two and three in MMA, uh-huh. but he was he had over forty pro Muay Thai fights. Okay, I didn't even know. I was made of wood. Yeah. Fucking wooden man. Yeah, so freaking, Josh didn't even know. You know, he was like, oh, yeah, well, I guess, whatever. You fought this guy and you beat him. So here we go. So that was, you know, after that fight, Josh goes, we're going to do this grappling tournament in San Diego. I want you to, and then after that, I was like, I want you to sign up for this tournament. I want you to sign up for that tournament. So he would just tell me, you know, go sign up for this, go sign up for that, go sign up for this. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, all right, let's go. I'll do it. Um, And then he would also be like, I'm leaving for a month. I want you to work on this specific move. I want you to work on it. So I would just do that move. After practice, I would find myself a drilling partner. Drill it, drill it, drill it until it became mine. And then when he came back, he would see me do the move. He goes, good. All right. And the reason why he did that was because sometimes I would try this other stuff. And he goes, that wouldn't work on a fucking idiot. You know, somebody's got to really fucking suck for you to work for that to work on them. So he would belittle me, you know, as I'm trying these things. He goes, but... He was, was actually trying to build me up. He was preparing you for, like, the, I mean, he was preparing
1: for you for the optimal fighter, not yeah. the, like, the low-means fighter. And also, I mean, that guy's drawing off all the experience in his life. So yeah. Like,
0: what better, what better guy to tell you what yeah. works or doesn't? Yeah, man. what better guy to tell you? You fucking suck. Do that again. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, yeah, all right, I'll do it again. So. You're on your way. Yeah, I'm on my way. And then eventually when I got through the hazing process, I understood that, you know, because even I started getting it. Where I was like, oh man, I want to fight. I bet I could fight. And I'm just thinking to myself, bro, anybody can get in, I mean, literally anybody can go to a a certain show and just be like, yeah, sign me up for a fight. But it's a totally different thing to get up at 5 a.m., hit your run, get your strength and conditioning, get your get your pad work, then get your practice work, and then get more grappling. And then so it's like four training sessions a day. Yeah, you know, what you eat, what you take in. Yeah, what you eat, what you take in. The everything. time the sleep. I mean, it's not always about what you do. It's always also about what you don't do. You don't go out on a on a you know Thursday night. Just, hey,
1: let's go we're, go. we're gonna go hang out. Come yeah, on.
0: So you you want to go? Yeah. No, no, not tonight, bro. Not tonight. Bro, we'll friendship. What 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 what, uh, what what starts happening to the friendships that you
1: have around you? Start kind of falling. So do, do some of those start kind of falling back so, along the way.
0: So not not my friends. So yeah. my so the, the friends that I had were the uh, were the kids that were in my Taekwondo class. Okay. So those kids, like I said, they were raised right. They were going to school. Yeah. They were, you know, and then I even, and, you know, my friend Juan, you know, the one that sidekicked the crap out of me, he continued martial arts. Okay. You know, even after, you know, we graduated, I was like, hey, bro, you should get into Jujitsu. You should do this. You should do that. He goes, oh, bro, I ain't got time. I was like, yeah, bro, but... You know, think about this. You're you're doing this and this time and everything. I said, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. How come? How about on like on these weeks? Me and you just drill because at the same time it's teaching me. Yeah. And I'm teaching him. It's a body. Yeah. So by the time he even started jujitsu, he was already probably a blue belt. But he had to go through the you know he had yeah. to go through the ranking system and everything. But now he's a brown belt, and you know I expect that this guy is going to get his black belt within a couple years. You know, but you know that's just that's on them. You know, he's going to check mat. Um, but you're yeah. you're
1: yeah, you're 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 in it now yeah it li- so, fighting
0: is your life yeah so my friends they all understood yeah so they were like oh yeah hey whenever you got time bro so my friends have always been that way hey whenever yeah. you got time bro but whenever- your but your time is this
1: that's, your time is fighting
0: yeah my time eating training
1: your matches are getting in you have somebody behind you now mm-hmm. who is uh, pushing mm-hmm. <laughs> and um you know, what, uh, the professional side of it, you know, you, you you start becoming a professional fighter basically. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. Just like I, like I said, after that first time I showed up at CSW, uh, Josh says, you got a pro fight in a couple, in a couple weeks. And yeah. I was all right. So boom, yeah. I'm a professional fighter now. And at first I thought, well, isn't there like a process to go through <laughs> with
1: certification yeah, process? Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. I had a, I had a fight for this one <coughs> show and, you know, and the guy, this other, not my opponent, but this other opponent fell out. And the promoter goes to the stands, hey, 500 bucks tonight, you wanna fight? And the guy's like, yeah, let's go. Dude shows up, cargo shorts. <laughs> you know, it's on Indian reservations, so nobody gave a shit. Yeah. Um, cargo shorts, vans, and puts up a fight. Okay. Like, just this, this white bald dude just shows up and he puts up a fight. He goes to the, he gets finished in the third round by a choke or something, yeah. but, but this wanted- other guy had to go through it in order to get to it. You yeah. Know? So, but yeah, it was it was that kind of thing. Now the other guy is officially a pro fighter. Yeah, but so you're in this process of you know you now you're a pro.
1: Like internationally, do you do do you fight outside of the U.S.? So like after so what, that, after, what's, what's so what like? ended up
0: happening was I went five and zero, or was it six and zero? I think it was five and zero, and I had my first loss to this guy named Joe Murphy. Okay, and yep. it was a split decision over at OC Fight Club, and then Josh hits me up. He goes, hey, like a couple of weeks later, hey. You know, this the you wanna go fight this guy in Japan? And I'm just like uh <laughs> Have you ever traveled outside of the country before? I that? mean uh I mean I've been you know, I've been here a couple times. You <laughs> Tijuana? Know, but, yeah, Tijuana but Tijuana's I mean, fucking LA. Yeah, man. I <laughs> went to I went to uh I went to uh um my friend yeah, my, so <laughs> I went to Tijuana. I came to Tijuana with my friends and uh this guy was walking around with a big old freaking screwdriver. Yeah. And I was like thinking to myself, damn, this kind of oh, what the fuck? This is kind of crazy, you know. Like, but whatever, you know. I'm kind of used to seeing weird things. Yeah, sounds Yeah, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then this guy is walking, or this other guy is walking around with a sack, and he's going porno, porno, por cinco, porno, por cinco. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, what a convenient, what a convenient way to get porn. Yeah, <laughs> but, so, 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 yeah. No, 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 you don't need to log on anywhere. You yeah, just, you just get it. Well, that's my, that's the
1: extent of your international travel. Yeah, basically. at that because point, your yeah. worldliness is yeah. that, and all so of a sudden, hey. You want to go fight in Japan?
0: Yeah, and I tell him. I remember thinking, my I remember telling him, hold on, let me get let me get back to you on that because I'm about to teach my class. I get home, and I'm like, hey, ma, and I'm not even talking to my dad. Hey, Josh wants to go to fight in Japan. And my my mom's like, nah, I don't trust it. And then my, my dad's like, mijo, you can't go fight in Hapon. You can't. <laughs> and I'm like, why not? And my dad, traditional Mexican, Mexico City, he goes because if you go fight in Japan, you have to kill them.
1: Holy shit! Because, so, like,
0: so, uh, do you think? Like, what do you, what do you think? Of so the, he's, he's, he's thinking, thinking blood sports. <laughs> no, no, he's no he. What he was thinking is all the Mexican boxers that fought in Japan, they get screwed over on decisions because they're because they're not Japanese.
1: Yeah, they, they don't. Want, they, they're the heels,
0: basically. Yeah, they don't want. They, you know, they br- they bring you in to lose. So he goes, ah, lo tienes a matar mi Like you can't you can't go fight in Japan. And I was thinking to myself, they're probably right. But I'm not going to fucking listen. So, fuck it. <laughs> so, go go yeah, anyway. Look, yeah. One of the main things I was thinking is I can make the same decision. I can listen to them and make the same decisions they make and be in the same spot they are in now. Or it can be an arrow that they launch and just go past. Yeah, or I could just do something completely different and end up in a different spot. Yeah. So let's try that. Fuck it. So let's go. So I say, hey, yeah, Josh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. So... They brought me in, of course. It was a show called Grand Slam, and I was fighting Hideo Tokoro. And this guy, Tokoro, has had had over 60 fights. He fought some of the greatest. What does this guy look like?
1: What does this guy look like?
0: just just you know he's not super jacked but he's you know my height but you know he's fit yeah. and you know looks like he's been fighting for years did you he, research him did you see his fights before absolutely he? not holy shit <laughs> <so. laughs> i didn't research for nothing I was it, just was, thought, it was he was basically like
1: just basically this fighter just materializes yeah. in front of you when you're in and, japan
0: yeah and what happened was this we went to the store this is the asami store over in japan and josh goes we need to stop by this asami store because they have the best martial arts gear I was like, "All right, cool." So we go in, and sure enough, they have these knee pads that are just absolutely great because a lot of Valley Tudo guys wear them. A lot of shoot wrestlers use them. You know, especially the guy in the I, the guys in the IGF and the wrestling, professional wrestling. Made in Japan. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, great stuff. Um, and then, sure enough, I'm walking around. They have this this wall with magazines and videos, and I see a, literally I see a highlight video of Hideo Tokoro and all his life's accomplishments in martial arts Holy shit. right there, and I was like fuck that's the guy i'm fighting and i turn and i look in the back and i'm like damn he's fought that guy he fought that guy he fought that guy he beat that guy damn fuck all right that's cool i'm gonna knock his ass out <laughs> so, so so sure enough come fight night i go and first round kind of a little hazy what was the crowd what was the crowd what was the crowd like the crowd was super silent that was the first time i fought in front of a silent crowd you know I was everybody thinking, was like just real appreciative, you know, and I remember just thinking. The actually, the, when I first landed in did Japan, you, did you feel any favorit? Well, yeah, did you feel any
1: favoritism as far as like, hey, this is our fighter? Like, it, none of that.
0: It, it was less of favoritism and more people looking like, damn, that's the lamb they bring they brought in for slaughter. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it wasn't, it was, it was less of, hey man, we're going for our guy, and more of like, damn, I feel sorry for the asshole, but you about to take okay. But I was like, a, Josh, Josh, at, Josh is with you, Josh is with, Josh me, is with me the, the entire time. By on. you, Josh, at this point. Has not had empty hands this entire week. And what I mean by that is, at this point, Josh hadn't been in Japan for years. Yeah. And I understand him now because I miss Japan also, but he had pastries in his hand. Anytime he would pass by a 7-Eleven, he goes, hold up, we're going to go get kariage. And I'm like, bro, I'm cutting weight. And he's just getting pastries and chicken and just different different food from japan that's just oh we're gonna stop by deli france and i'm gonna get myself a little coffee a little bread and it's just delicious i'm looking at him and while i have like 10 more pounds to lose i'm like you're really gonna do this in front of me bro oh bro 100 you're gonna do this in front of me i'm in the sauna it just feels like just, he's got a shit eating grin on his face he's just eating eating and eating so you're walking into this uh <laughs> you're walking into this fight everybody's like for a silent fight you, yeah you first for silent fight and everybody's you, you see this dude yeah, I see this guy is, you know, and I'm just thinking, all right, stay focused and just punch him in the face somehow, you yeah. know. So that was know, the strategy: that, knock, knock him out, just finish the fight, just beat his ass, you know. And I'm thinking, oh, so, okay, first round he got me down, yeah, I didn't stay down, but he got me down, so they probably got him, came the first one. So this round I need to come out and I need to put him on his back foot. So I come out and I start throwing a couple kicks, blah blah blah, you know, just more active with the kicks. And then I threw a knee punch with the same hand, so right knee. And then as my right knee is coming back, I throw a right hand, boom, caught him right in the chin, and then he sinks. And I just like swarm him, swarm him, and I go and I finish the fight. And now everybody's excited. Whoa, that was that was crazy. And then of course, of course, Josh, yeah, you know he's all happy, you know, bringing an international guy in and. You know of course winning of you know it, and all the bells and whistles that come with that and now I had a great first experience in Japan. And then I come back a couple months later, Josh hits me up. hey Grand Slam wants you back again. do you want do you want to go fight in Japan again? I was like, yeah who, who am I gonna fight Masakatsu Oida I said, well, who the hell is that And he goes, well, he fought Jens Pover, he fought this guy, he fought that guy and at this point I think he was like 18 and two 18 and three or something like that. And I was like, "Yeah, sure, let's go." And this guy, I go in, and mind you, they they said, "Listen, they're gonna pay you less this time. Yeah. You're not gonna have a win bonus. You're just gonna get one flat rate." Okay. And I'm like, "Free trip to Japan? Doesn't let's matter. Let's go." You just want to go out yeah, there, to Japan, yeah, to have that experience again. And yeah, go fight go. somebody. You know, Fucking so. And it was funny because after that, so in my in my first trip to Japan, this guy named Shimizu. He's a he's a fighter. His name is his nickname is Rolling Star. He trains at Udonojo dojo. And he brings me to this spot called Gogo Curry right after my first fight. Okay. And this Gogo Curry place changed my fucking life. It was just, it's okay. it, so it's, it's curry, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's darker curry. It's more, uh, it's more comfort food. But this place is so fucking delicious. It was like, it, you ever have that one plate where it's just like, this is life changing yeah. food? Yeah. So anytime i had ever been to Japan, I'm going straight there. But it just so happens that I have to wait this entire week and have a fight and then, then get, go. Yeah, in. so that's your that's, that's where you want end to end up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I remember thinking in this for in this for the second mm-hmm. fight, man, they're gonna pay me less, but I get to have go-go Curry. Yeah, that's a good. And after And technically, they're paying for the flight. They're paying for my hotel. A, the, All I gotta do is fight somebody and it's lose a, some weight. That's a good after party. So let's freaking let's do it. So this guy Masakatsu Aida, he wrestles the shit out of me for for two and a half rounds. Water buffalo, motherfucker. Just. just wrestling the shit out of me. I'm not taking very much damage but I'm just getting wrestled. Yeah. And I can't do anything. And then he in the, th- in the, in the third round he shoots in, takes me down. I stand back up and he's behind me. And I'm like fuck it. Victor roll. Boom. Catch his leg. And I remember thinking to myself I'm tired but I have to go for it. So I'm thinking toe hold, knee bar. As he's extending as he curls his foot. As he's extending I'm going toe hold. I'm even talking to myself. Toe hold <laughs> knee bar. Toe hold. Knee bar. But the knee bar gets the finish. <sighs> And I'm like, "Oh, that's fucking sweet." So then Josh is all happy, and I got signed to Pancras, and then of course, they brought me out for a few fights, and you know, at this point, the Japanese fans are starting to call me the Japanese killer, and I'm like, no, 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 don't call me that shit, <laughs> you know because i I like you guys like i i don't I don't have anything against i I, won't, I I love the fact that Josh has such a history here, you know, with pride, with wrestling, and you know the fact that Josh's lineage comes from Billy Robinson, Carl Gotch, Antonio Inoki, rest in peace. You know, yeah, um, so you have all a, those guys. You a reverence but, and
1: respect for the place. You don't
0: want yeah, that. like I, you know, this is like in, in my in my mind, it started with those guys. You know, Inoki, Robinson, Gotch. It then it went to Josh, and then his, you know, his crew. He's bringing it back, and then now it's me. He's, just bring, he's bringing it back. Yeah, he's bringing it back, and I'm thinking, no, this is. The, I I am part of your your guys's legacy, even though I look like this. But I'm part of your guys' legacy. So yeah. this is what I want to represent. And that's beautiful. And so then that's when they start really liking me and they start bringing me into Verizon. And then, you know, that's definitely fucking like I had, like what I say, like 13, 12, 13 different fights in Japan and traveling over there. And then obviously this is happening outside of the United States.
1: Outside. And so people, some people out here just don't witness that. Yeah. Don't, don't see that part of your.
0: Uh, your, your story, mm, you're yeah. kind of
1: building yourself up, right? Yeah. I
0: mean, you know, for a, for a long time, you know, anybody that I would train with, how come you're not in the UFC? How come you're not in the UFC? And I'm like, bro, like, it's just you're, in time, yeah. you know, in, in time. Like, right now, I have to, re- I, like, I have to really focus on, At the, well, this is what I was thinking yeah. at the time. I have to really focus on what brought me into fighting. Yeah. It wasn't UFC. No, no. It no. was the fact that I liked martial arts. I loved martial arts so bad that I wanted 10 black belts when I was, by the time I was 40. Yeah and here i am training and getting to travel the world and getting to do this and you know i went through a lot of my own head because i was thinking man and even now, after some of the fights that i after some of the fights that i lost outside of the of course outside of the ufc i'm thinking man like i don't know you know like am i ever going to get to the ufc but then i thought i would also think to myself well that's, the ufc is not the reason why i got into it yeah i got into it because i wanted to i wanted to fight yeah and here i am and i'm living life And I'm traveling and I get to see different cultures and Josh is sending me to Thailand and, you know, I, you know, stopping by in China. And, you know, and Josh has always said this about me, that chaos follows me. You know, like, you know, I remember one time we were going, we were looking for drum break parts for his uh, 75 Riviera. Okay. And he's thinking, yeah, of course. I mean, where? where?" We were in uh, Santa Fe Springs. Okay. So he goes, I don't understand why it's so hard to find these parts. These are common parts. But we're having to jump from Santa Fe Springs, and then we had to go to here, then we had to go in. Just Craig didn't have him. Just no auto shop have it, has him. So we're sitting in a parking lot of an auto zone, and he's looking up the near the, another near uh, uh, you know, uh, auto zone part, you know, whatever. And uh, this homeless man comes up out, out of the corner. And he's got a fake lightsaber, and he's got like a Darth Vader robe or something like that, and he's just swinging this thing, screaming. He's, you know, I'm like, hey, Josh, take a look at, yeah, you know, Darth homeless over there. Darth and Josh looks at me. He goes, "This is your fault. This <laughs> yeah. is you." You're bringing I'm the like, sh- "You're bringing the chaos. How come every time you're around, something happens?" I'm like, "Bro, I don't know what to tell <laughs> you, bro. <laughs> it's just the way it is, you know. <laughs> this is you. This is you. So, of course, you know when I'm, you know, I visit China, you know, in a in a layover to Thailand, and sure enough, in the in the middle of China." They go, okay, we're going to put you in this hotel you okay. know, for your during your layover. layover. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going because I'm not. You don't like, want, I, like you bro, don't I, want. I don't know, want you guys to, to charge me. They're like, no charge, free. And I was like, all right, cool. So they take me to some city, to some nice hotel. But I'm looking around, and they're like, all right, do not leave the premises. Okay. And I'm just like, yeah, right. So I get out of my hotel. with <laughs> So I walk around and jump a fence. And sure enough, I'm, like, walking the streets, and I'm like, man, this this place is pretty nuts. You know, I'm walking around. Like, When's the next time we're going to be in China? Yeah, you wanted so, to see. You yeah. wanted to experience. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, walking around and, you know, bought some street food. And I was like, is this, I don't know what meat this is, but you know what, whatever. You know, it was cooked in whatever, you're whatever. Fine. You're fine. I'll, I'll figure it out in the morning if I'm throwing up.
1: If, if you've been to Tijuana, you probably. Yeah, it, you know, so you're I'm fine. like, all right,
0: cool, whatever. So I ate it. It was good. And then I was like, all right, time to go back. And I'm looking around, and how am I going to get back? Shit. I'm just <laughs> going to jump this fence. Boom. <laughs> so I just jumped this fence. I went back to my hotel room, and I'm thinking to myself, they're going to come knocking on my door any second, but I'll be asleep, whatever. So I go to sleep, and I wake it up, and all right, time to go for my for my flight to Thailand, and here we go, and... You know, Thailand was a trip, you know, got to see, you know, cobras running up on the mat. That was fun. You know, I didn't get, I didn't exactly train at one of those, uh, at one of the fancy gyms, you know, like Fairtex or Tiger Muay Thai. I went to, you know, this city called Patum Thani. Okay. And, (laughs) I mean, literally what Josh tells me, he goes, listen, they don't have street names over there. Well, in the area you'll be in. They don't have street names. So what you're going to do... And,
1: and, and just, he basically sent you... On, you're, you're on your own. Yes, you're he sent your
0: me own. 100% on my yeah. own. So he sends me over. He goes, listen, you're going to walk up this direction. You're going to see a red truck. It's a rusted up truck on the corner. When you see that, make it right. And then okay. you're going to walk some ways, and you're going to see a farm and a rice field and this, that, and, and the this, other.
1: It basically, is, that's where he went. Yeah. So he's
0: just telling you... Yeah, and he went, based off his friend's suggestion... <laughs> Uh, yeah, not, his last name is Inouye, but, um, yeah, he went to have his fresh suggestion because he was over there filming, uh, Never Back Down 3, I think. Okay. And so he goes, yeah, I want you to go to this gym, but like I said, you're going to go over here, you're going to make a right at this red truck, you're going to pass this, pass that, pass this, and you're going to hear people cracking pads, well, at least you should by the time you get there, go over there. Okay. So I was like, all right, so I walk up this, this driveway, I walk this I walk up this driveway and sure enough I see a bunch of people cracking pads and it's we're all I mean the bags are like 90 years old you know Ki- they're all, they're all kicked so in live is this one of those gyms where people live there basically Yeah yeah the the bags are all kicked in the uh, the mat there's no mats it's carpet that we're training on it's car- con- concrete and carpet and there's a ring that everybody's clinching in Okay so I'm it, like and, and
1: what type of st- what type of Muay style is
0: this is this is, this, is clinching uh, Striking, it's, 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 uh, sweeping—it's—it's. It? I think it was a knockmoy or something like that. But okay. it's basically just—you know—they have clinching, yeah. but it's mainly you know, yeah, kicking. kicking, kicking, and punching. So the the instructor's name is uh, damn. What's his name? I forgot. I forget his name. But um, Santiyanoi. Okay. Santiyanoi, and he he was you know Santiyanoi trained Brian Popejoy. He trained John Wayne Parr. You know, he had a lot of, his name nickname was the Deadly Kisser, and he had. <laughs> He's the one that has wins over Raymond Decker's during the golden era. Okay. So Josh is like, "You're going there." Yeah. So I was like, "All right, cool, whatever." I was like, "Yeah, a guy that kisses somebody before he knocks you out. Yeah, <laughs> yay. This is this is what I'm gonna do." So, I show up and you know you know Santino is like, "Victor, you Victor? Yes, I'm Victor. Okay, go ahead, put your shit down and come down and train. All right, here we go." And you know that. By the time I got there, I trained for like an hour and a half. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, they must have just started. I was wrong. Because (laughs) the very next day, get your ass up at like 5.30 a.m. because we're going to run at 6. And they did about 6 or 7 miles of a run. And then it's pads, and then it's clinch work, and then it's bag work, and then it's calisthenics. The entire practice lasted about four hours. And that was every morning. Yeah, and, and these are people that do this since their kids. Eh, yeah, every day. So, since kids. And that right? was just the first practice of the day. God. Yeah. So then after that, you eat breakfast, and then you rest. What's, what's breakfast like? Whatever. Well, breakfast is whatever you heard. So I woke up. <laughs> yeah. If I woke up and I heard, you know, then yeah, okay. That was I, that was good. I <laughs> guess I'm having some pig today. And if I if I heard a chicken, then I guess I'm eating some chicken. If I didn't hear nothing. We're eating and fish. everything's everything's being slaughtered. Yeah. Everything is, you know, I heard uh, you know, you hear cockfighting in the back. You know, you just you know, okay, cool. This is the way, this is the way life is over here. So I'm just gonna sleep and I'm wake up and I'm train and sleep, wake up, train. And that's all and it was so hot over there that people would get like cups and just yeah. douse you in water. Ice water, boom, ice water, boom. Uh, it's it's tropical. Tropical, right next heat. Right next to a, a rice field. So, sure enough, I remember one time I'm cracking pads, cracking pads, cracking pads, and all of a sudden I hear, whoa! I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I turn around, a fucking eight foot Cobra had just whoa. run up on the mat. I'm like, oh, damn, this is some Steve Irwin shit. You know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, all right, cool, whatever. So we jump off the mat, and I'm like, well, why don't you guys like shoot it off and like, or hit it with a stick or something? And they're like, no, nah, it's bad luck. Like, just let it go away. I'm like, whoa, okay, <laughs> cool, you know? And, you know, it's funny because like the, um, the uh, the ties they they had noticed that even though I come from a certain area, it's certainly not this kind of area. No, no. You know, so I'm running and then I remember seeing a yak with like a with a nine foot you know horn, horn span, span. Yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, holy damn, that's as big as a fucking truck. <laughs> I'm like damn, I'm not used to seeing that. And we keep running and then another day this monitor lizard just He's runs run, runs 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 across right across the street. I'm like, holy shit, did you guys see that fucking dinosaur? Yeah. Like. Jesus Christ, and they're all laughing at me because, of course, is that's not what I'm used to. But I'm like, hey, like I'm not tripping, right? Yeah. Well, halfway through this trip, Kid Yamamoto, rest in peace, uh, and his cousin Urson Inoue comes in, and Kid Yamamoto is like, oh, Victor, I, I recognize you. You know, good, good, you know, good job in your fights, and you know, from Japan and everything. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then Urson is a is a junior Greco-Roman world champ, so I'm like, he is going to have a very interesting take on clinch work. Yeah. So I wanted, I wanted to get a lot of work oh. with him. So there's the Thai clinch, of course, you know, knees, elbows, and everything, but then he has Greco-Roman clinch work. How is he going to mix the two so I would watch him? And... That's a, that must be, that's a, that's a trip. Yeah, so it's a completely different, like, kind of, like, sets of rules, but still body-on-body contact. So I remember watching and seeing what I could pick up and seeing what, I was like, I wouldn't do that because somebody's going to get knee in the face or whatever, so... But it was a trip is that I remember thinking, Urson is using a certain set of rules in his head and his strength and everything because he's good at Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah. But these Thai guys are good at the Thai clinch. And these Thai guys were putting some work on him. And I was just thinking to myself, damn, like, how effective is that fucking clinch? Because you would think that it's like, that Thais have no grappling because yeah. it's Muay Thai, but it's the complete opposite. These guys are fucking strong. You know, and, you know, it's weird, like, through the years of just doing martial arts, you shake people's hands or you see certain body types and you get a feel of how strong people are or how their body moves, yeah. which is is funny because when I had that, when I had the fight in January against uh, Barcelos, I shook his hand and I remember feeling, this motherfucker feels like he's made out of wood. Yeah. And the last person I remember feeling like that was his name was Michael Perez, and he's uh, he's wrestling. He's a wrestling coach for uh, for Benil Derouche. Derouche. He just fought in the UFC, but he you know trains out of Kings, and he's a Cuban guy, and he's uh, he's just made Spilled, out of wood, yeah. You know, and he fought a couple times and everything, but I remember just feeling this. That's the body type. The body type out there is that people
1: are basically just made out of. Uh, I mean, I mean, could these people train. That's their kids,
0: right? So that that has something to do with it. Yeah, and uh, uh, and also just their body shape, the way they the way they move and everything. And you know, especially if you pay attention, you could see certain body types. You can see certain the way people move. So when I'm when I look at a fighter and when I look at a training partner, I I, I kind of take a guess. Yeah. You know. and you know, of course, there's learning bits because you know you take a guess on the body type and then you take a guess on their skill set and then you take a guess on. So the, all this data that's going in your head when it comes to fighting equals that fighter. And, so that's, and that's what Josh is doing for you, He's sending you out there basically to do? Just to just improve all my skills, you know, improve skills in, in a certain aspect to build up the final product. Yeah, and, and and you know, most people
1: think thinking, you, you've been going out to Japan, you've been very successful out there, you've been doing your thing, but Josh is still like, nah, still, you're not Yeah, done. we're, you're still, not, we're you're not, not You're not done. You're not done yeah, you know, we're, we're not going. done. We're gonna, Go I mean, there. It's,
0: it's a lifetime of work, but like you said, just like, I'm traveling, yeah. you know, but nobody knows who I am still. Nobody here knows who I am. Kimono dragons, uh,
1: monitor lizards, uh, scorpions, Cor- uh, cobras, cobras, fighting cobras and the mat and shit like that. You're, uh, you're coming back, you know, the U.S.,
0: international travels. Uh, where else do you go to train? Uh, to train, I went to, to Idaho. Ivan Ivanov, this guy, uh, he's, uh, he used to be the, one, of the, one of the coaches for the uh, Olympic uh, Greco-Roman team. Okay. And uh, Josh goes, you're going to go live over there for a little bit, for a month. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, where am I staying? He goes, you're staying at the gym? I said, okay. Okay. So I was actually surprised that most of my time there, Strain the conditioning. Okay. So you you, you thought you were going to be... I know. thought it was going to be more like technical training, you know, body lock, you know, you know, you put your hands here, you go here, boom, you go. Nah, nah. nah. It, was, it was strain the conditioning every day. And then, okay, you got... Uh, now we're going to wrestle for like 10, 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. And I remember just getting tossed on my head just over and over and over again. <laughs> but at least I was in shape. <laughs> yeah. Know? And then, of course, when I came back... You know, I uh, just grab a hold of somebody and they're like, all right, they're they're gonna go on a little flight, boom, you know, and just and just go for it. But I wasn't I wasn't I was in good shape for that because yeah. of course every day for a month just running, pull ups, push ups, just Bulgarian bag swings, building yourself up, building, your myself, building myself, building myself, building myself. But you know, of course, now I have all this you know strength and conditioning knowledge in my head, so I'm like, okay, well, this is what's good for this kind of. Uh, this sport and this grapp- this uh, this kind of fight. So if I wanted to take somebody into the deep end and just move and pummel and pummel, and even now, like my wrestling style is more of a pummel, pummel, pummel. So you,
1: so you're uh, you're an interesting guy as far as your you know you start off you know you're grappling I guess grappling base with jujitsu, but then now it's morphing into uh, well you're getting exposed to catch wrestling to greco Roman, the wrestling style. Like, what is that for you? That mixture. Like,
0: what is- so, yeah, you know, I never, I never had folk style or freestyle wrestling because yeah. I never, I never went to a, a school that had wrestling. Yeah. So uh, technically, I didn't start wrestling until I started fighting. And then Josh saw, saw how shitty my wrestling was. He yeah. goes, "Bro, how come you're just falling over?" I'm like, "It's not that I'm falling over, bro. It's just that you know, I just, I I'd rather just do jiu jitsu. You know, like." And he goes, "We're gonna change that." So he started trying to teach me double legs and everything. And I just always struggled with double legs, you know, setting them up, just going, you know, I mean, my legs are long. I'm used to kicking. Yeah. You know? So, so him I,
1: sending you to Idaho and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean. because
0: he actually saw that I had a good, uh, good bridge and a good arch. So he's like, maybe you're not just going to be a freestyle wrestler. Maybe we just pummel and get into the situations where we can shoot these shots because, of course, shooting a shot is still very – uh very necessary. You have to n- at least know what it is. Yeah. Even if you're not going to do it, that way you can defend against it. Yeah. So, boom, here we go. You know, like, you're going you're gonna to learn, learn this form of wrestling then because you're still going to learn how to wrestle. So he's, he's, uh, Josh is still pushing you. He's sending yeah. you out to these different places to train, build yourself up. Where does the UFC enter into this? So the UFC comes along. After, uh, you know, I had these fights in Russia. I had these fights in Japan. Yeah, you went to fight. You, oh, so you also fought in Russia? Yeah, I fought in Russia. Oh, Russia yeah. Well, hold on.
1: Just, yeah, <laughs> hold you to, you, the
0: phone. Hold the phone.
1: So you, what, what, so you go fight fight. What was that like? What, so you you're fought in Japan, silent right. audience, respectful,
0: yeah. great career. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: so eventually, Josh goes, we're going to go fight in Russia. It's a good payday. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. sure. And Russia was a, that was an experience. So the first time I fought in Russia was in Yekaterinburg, Okay, I remember bringing. Uh, he goes, "Hey, bring warm clothes. It's gonna be cold." I said, "All right, cool, yeah, whatever." I brought jeans and a leather jacket, dude, <laughs> dude. bro. Dude. It was dude. so fucking cold. So, <laughs> so I remember. So we, this, this is uh, this is Arctic, yes, shit. And, and I'm Arctic thinking. Blast. I'm thinking, bro, my leather jacket is not enough. <laughs> so I don't know. No hey, layers. You didn't no, have any layers. No. nah, no, not really. I mean, got their- maybe, maybe two shirts, but I was like, nah, this is this ain't happening. But I did bring boots because I was like, I my my toes might get cold. I'm gonna bring some boots. Doc Martens. They didn't, didn't do it. They, they didn't do, do, do it. Shit. <laughs> they didn't do shit. So I remember I got to the hotel, and you know, there's a big nice hotel, and nobody's laughing. Everybody. I mean, it, it was weird. I was like, why is everybody so serious here? You know, like this is cold. It's, it, no, it's just the, culture-wise. If you're smiling, it's viewed as slight like, wh- stupidity yeah why why are you smiling yeah why are you smiling are you stupid are you retarded yeah. everybody's just so serious and i remember i got one i got one cracked smile out of one of the receptionists over at uh, over in russia and i was like mm, i got yeah. it i got that's all i need that's all i yeah. need see you later girl <laughs> so you know i get to i get to russia and at the time i had still long hair and i'm thinking to myself i need to find somewhere to braid my hair so I'm looking up, I'm looking up, and I finally found this like steampunk girl, who was doing hair out of some one salon and And I was like, oh man, I'm gonna walk across that park, you know. I just gotta walk across this park and go this way and go that way, and I'll be, I'll be there, you know. So I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the map, and I'm like, oh man, I must be on the other side of a big lake. I wish I was on the other side so I could see this big lake. Turns out the what I thought was the park was actually the frozen lake that was that I was walking across. That nobody else was walking across. Like, <laughs> I just thought, oh, it's, it's cold. Nobody else is walking. That's what I thought. But no, it turns out my dumbass was walking on this frozen lake. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> so, all right, cool. And I go over there and I get my hair braided by this Russian girl that she was, you know, the translation was like I it up on Google, you know, I was trying to just translate it. Yeah, it like, I, I need these braids. Do this to. It's my like head. A,
1: like a cat needs pants or something like that. She yeah, like, what the like fuck going
0: on? Yeah, so she gives me the braids. I go over, and I have this fight, and I where I beat this guy who was undefeated. And you know, yeah, it's funny because I remember pulling up and Diego Brandao was on the same card. Okay. And I was I remember training with Diego Brandao over at CMMA in Gardena, and you know I was like, hey Diego, hey, hey what's up, brother? Diego Brandao is unhinged. He, he's he's funny, but he's yeah. but um. He, so I remember like, what was, know, it, what, what was the crowd like? The crowd was still kind of silent. They weren't as crazy. But the guy I was fighting was a was a was a, was a national judo guy, and okay. he represented Russia in the Olympics. So they were obviously they were there for him. Just all neck, arms, just swole patrol, and I was like, damn. All right, whatever. I guess I'm gonna fight him. So I beat him in a decision. Okay. But during the fight, I remember just hearing drums, boom, 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 because of uh, judo. Oh, okay. So they had all his judo fans there, and I was like, "That's pretty cool." So I, beat him a decision. He was, he was, you know, he was respectful. How long was that fight? That was how long ago?
1: No, how long? Oh, it
0: was a three, it was three, three rounds, five minutes, so it was a fifteen minute fight. So, but it was just me just sticking, you know, staying away from him and just getting my, getting my, my kicks off and my jab, pop, 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 and just move, pop, 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 move, pop. So I maintained that, and you know, it was still dangerous because. I'm in Russia, yeah. And I took it to a decision, and I was like thinking. I remember thinking, Josh, if they screw me on this decision, it is very obvious. He goes, Yeah, but you didn't finish them, so you got, you got whatever's coming. Yeah, you know. So they gave me the they gave me the nod, and I remember going in the back, and they paid me cash. You know, so I remember thinking, okay. I have this fat stack of cash on me right now, yeah. And they know exactly where I'm staying. They don't want to get so. And not only that, but you know, I'm I'm within walking distance of where I'm staying. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, Josh, did you bring your knife? He goes, Yeah, I got my knife. (laughs) I was like, All right, cool. I got my blade too. So. Did you bring that
1: knife with you, or was something you picked up there? No, I brought this. I brought this blade with me. Oh, dude, yeah. you I carry. I always carry a knife. Yeah. so it's, I mean, this is something that interests me. Yes. So you, both of
0: you are planning on fighting off would-be robbers, would-be would-be Russian mob robbers, because they know that we just got paid. I don't know if, I'm, like, the only thing I do know is that I have all this cash on me right now. All the things that I don't know is. Are they do they know that they're, they're that they that I have all this cash on me do they um are they looking for retribution like that because their boy lost yeah I don't know you don't all know, this. You don't know unknown. I don't, yeah I don't know so the first thing I thought is pff, I'm taking this so Josh goes all right cool let's drop off your money and let's go let's go all night on the town let's go get something and I was like you are insane do you think I'm gonna drop off this money Bro, they're the one that put me in this room. Yeah. They're just, hell you what, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to put it in my suitcase? Like, as if they ain't going to take my whole damn suitcase? Bro, I'm lucky if I get out of this country. Yeah. So so the first thing I think, nah, I'm carrying this money on me until I get home. Okay. <laughs> so sure enough, that, and that even then I was like, all right, Josh, I'm going to need you to hold some of this. Yeah, you because know, you know there's there's rules at the border. Cash, you cash meal. Yeah, you, I'm gonna need you to hold some of this because there's a rule at the border. He goes, all right. So we get across the border, and bing, bang, boom, I just put my money in my in my in my little uh, my little account, you yeah. know, which was Bank of Underbed because I'm not gonna. What am I gonna do? I'm yeah. all broke. <laughs> all of a sudden, I put X amount of money in my bank account, cash, and the the feds are gonna be like, "Yo, <laughs> what's up with this?" You know, and of course, Josh is like, "Don't deposit it all at once." I was like, "Bro, I'm not gonna deposit it at all." <laughs> Yeah,
1: you know yeah it's rival money
0: yeah it's like this is just this is bank of bed you know so you know of course when i needed to buy a car that's when i went and i turned into a cashier's check and i took it over but i was like yeah bro i ain't, I ain't doing this you know it's funny because at this point i was working at a smog shop helping cars okay you know so i was uh you know so i kind of learned the uh the way of you know kind of staying out of the system you yeah. know trying to you know, being being paid cash, not being paid by checks and, you know, helping things along. So like, oh, your car needs help with this? All right, well, this You're is... You're definitely what's... Mexican, man. Yeah, well, so... <laughs> what was funny is that my <laughs> my gonna, boss... I'll my... figure
1: out a way to get your uh, voter card
0: here. Yeah, what was funny was my, my boss was uh, from Guatemala and he was like five foot one and he was the angriest man <laughs> yeah. that I'd ever known. But he, he, had his, um, he had his wife and then he had uh, somebody that he was talking to. Yeah. And I knew that any time that him and his the one that he was talking to, whenever they were having problems, he would play the same song, "Lady in Red." So whenever that song came on, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna go get to work because I know he's just gonna be angry. And you know, it's funny because he taught me some lessons. Because he goes, because I remember one, there's be a couple times where he would be like, "Hey, I'm not gonna be at the shop today, but I got this guy coming at this time with this car, and this is what it needs. <laughs> this is what it needs." I'm like, "All right, cool." And he goes, "Now, he's gonna give you." In McDonald's bag, and I was like, "Okay." He goes, "I want you to put it next to the trash can." And I said, "Okay, whatever." So then, whatever. Guy comes, I do the work. Gives me at McDonald's bag. Boom. See you later, alligator. <laughs> and then he goes. Uh, and then he goes. All right, we have this other guy coming in at this time. Blah blah blah. Give him the McDonald's bag. Okay. Boom. Go and <laughs> give it you. Know, here you go. See you later whatever is going on is not my business. I'm just yeah. opening and I'm closing and hey, see you later alligator. Yeah. Um, The next time he comes, I'm like, hey, what was in the, what was in the, what was in the, uh, the McDonald's trash bag? I was like, I told him, if it's anything but cash, don't tell me. Yeah. He goes, no, see, I dinero. And I was <laughs> like, why in a McDonald's bag? Why next to trash can? Why next to the trash can? he goes, because if somebody comes and robs me right now, okay, yeah. they're not going to look at the trash. The trash. They're going to look at the cupboards. They're going to look at everything in the back. They might look at your pockets and everything. Smart. And he goes, yeah, but they're not going to look at the trash. It's basura. <laughs> yeah, it still has grease stains. And I was like...
1: So that's where you learn your ba- your banking system. Yeah, and I your, sto- like, your money storage chest. Yeah,
0: like, put it next to the trash. They're not going to look at that. It's fucking great. So I was like, All right, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. So then... Come back with your winnings. Come back and... Figure shit out. Figure, well, actually, you, that, that fight my first fight in Russia was actually the first fight that I actually wasn't in debt. So up until this point, I had been, you know, I started living uh, out not on my own but at a I was renting a room. Um, I had moved out. Um, my car was was literally breaking down, you know, even though I had to I had all what, these what cars. Car it was a 2001 BMW 330ci. Ouch. So yeah, when I got it, it was it was it was in working condition. But I bought it from a guy who was like Vietnamese and weighed like ninety pounds. Okay, because he had lowered this thing, and the, you know, it had like super big rims. It was a nice car to look at, but it was you know scratch anytime you hit anything, um, you know. And then of course, just the nature of a car when you're you know don't know how to take care of it, destroyed. it just destroyed it, right? So, you know, at this point, like I said, just debt free. Now, now I'm starting at zero. I'm like.
1: All right, weightless.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. But I'm still washing dishes at this one job. Um, I manage, I'm I am training, you know, I can pay a membership fee, I can pay uh I could pay my rent. But basically every every at the end of every month, zero. Which fine, you know, I can do that. And then I have another fight in Russia where this other guy calls me out, he says I think I could beat him and I TKO him in the first round and this guy's got big old zits on his back. I'm like, Oh, I wonder what you're putting in your body, you know, whatever. <laughs> But I TKO them in the first and then now I buy my first car. My first brand new car. Well, not brand new, but you know, new wear car. Yeah. So I'm like, sweet, and I still have that car. You know, and I have <laughs> a couple I have a couple bucks left over. So now I'm living okay. Yeah. You know?
1: You're you're balanced, you're yeah. weightless, you're
0: back. Yeah. So then, you know, had a had another fight in, in Dubai. I lost that fight. And then I had a fight in uh, then I had a fight uh, last year in October. And I won that fight, and then all of a sudden Josh calls me while I'm eating Korean barbecue. He goes, hey, bro, you think you, could, uh, you, think you can make weight in two weeks? What? And I said, mm, yeah, sure. What's two, going-? two weeks to make weight. Yeah, and I was like, for what? He goes, UFC wants a guy. Where, where were you at, your weight? Uh, I was almost 160. <laughs> he goes, you think you can make 135 in two weeks? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, goes, oh, he goes, where are you at right now? I'm like, Korean barbecue. So I hang up the phone homies go what was that and i was like that was josh he wants to know if i can make weight for who for what show i was like ufc and they were like fuck finally dude finally you made it i was like well i made something yeah anyways bro let's finish this barbecue off he goes bro you gotta make weight through in two weeks i was like yeah but i'm here and this is gonna cost me money what do you think i'm gonna do just put <laughs> the fork <laughs> <laughs> down shit you don't know me bro so i stopped in my face and yeah
1: that was your that was your last that last meal basically that was that. my last meal yeah and then
0: i started cutting weight and then you know i made the weight and here's the crappy part that fight the original fight was supposed to happen in december okay so i fly into vegas and during this time dur- during this is, december of last year it's covid covid yeah so the ufc had certain uh criteria but every state had their own criteria that you had to do so the ufc was that fight was in Vegas so they had to they had to abide by the new uh, the, the, by the, the guidelines by the, uh, yeah. guidelines of the Vegas you know okay. so fly in take a covid test negative cool. okay during the middle of the of the week you know you're training take a covid covid test negative cut weight make weight get back take another one fight day comes they tell me you tested positive. positive for COVID. Fuck. And I'm like, you've got to be fucking shitting me. The only people I've been around were my coaches, who all tested negative. UFC staff, which I'm assuming all everybody tested negative, And I went to the PI. So I don't know where I could have gotten it from. But can I take another one right now, just to prove that I'm negative? You know, like let me, let me, let me try to let's let's try to make this right. And they're yeah. like, nah. Like that's just the way it is. And I'm just like, all right, so now what? And they're like, well, you got to stay the extra day, and then you got to drive back. Fuck. I'm like, well, son of a bitch. (laughs) So, you know, I drive back, and, you know, I'm like, okay, well, if I'm positive, I don't want to go back to the gym and get other people sick. sick. Yeah, so I just quarantine. Self-isolation. Yeah, just quarantine for two weeks, and, you know, of course I'm upset because I'm like, wow, that was my chance, and here it is. This is the
1: window, and, like, uh, you've, you know, you're... Yeah, this is the this is the window.
0: Yeah, this is the window, and here it is being slammed shut because of what's going on, you know. And I'm just like shit. So I isolate for two weeks, and then at the end of the isolation, I go back to the gym, and then Josh calls me again, hey, because they never rescheduled the fight. Yeah, they just and they were just like not going to happen. Okay, you know, and, 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 you, and you know, it, in your mind, you're it's, it's done, it's done, you know, and I hadn't, you know. The UFC didn't tell me anything. Uh, everybody's making assumptions, like, "Oh, yeah, this got rescheduled to this card." I'm like, "Says who?" Yeah. Like, I, 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 if you know it, then tell me who, who you got it from, because I am not. To nobody me, told you. Anything. Nobody told me shit, you know. And I even told Josh, hey, "Did they reschedule it?" He goes, "No, we don't know shit." I was like, "Fuck, all right." So then, what ends up happening is that quarantine for two weeks, come back, and what else? What happens? Josh goes, "Hey, they want to res- they want to schedule that same fight." for this card on this date on the 22nd. I said, all right, yeah, let's go. So then I go and, you know, have a, I had a great showing that night and, you know, all of a sudden my life is completely changed. Okay. You know, at 35 years old because of, you know, one fight in the UFC and now everybody's got their eyes on me and I'm just like, damn, that's pretty crazy. I mean, for me, it was, it, 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 it was no different than any other fight because what was this fight? Like, what was this fight? In what sense? Like you, you, like you
1: walk into that fight, you say you have like, a good showing. Like how can you talk about that? So
0: previously, remember how I mentioned? Like you, yeah. you shake people's hands. You kind of see yeah. what their body type is yeah. like. So pre, you know, I see this guy throughout the week. You know, and you know he's a nice guy. You know, Barcelos, and but, yeah. he's not he's not being an asshole in any way. It, you know, we're you know we're all respectful. You know, we're gonna get in a fight. That's yeah, that's a given. So we shake hands, and I remember feeling this motherfuckers, man, it would. Wood. <laughs> and I remember thinking, he's probably going to move like Michael. Mike, you know, Michael Perez because he's got the same body type.
1: He's yeah. just bigger. So in your mind, you have a compa- so you have something
0: to compare him to. I have I'm something to compare figured- him to, yeah. You've already figured somebody else out that has that same yeah, body so, type. so I'm, I'm thinking about that and then I'm thinking about, of course, at this point, I did see some of his previous fights and since he fought in the UFC, well, he has fought in the UFC previously, other people have broken down his fights you know oh look at this look at this look at this and this for me it's a good training tool yeah i'm like oh yeah that that does but then some people are saying certain things i'm like that's not that wasn't what created that because a lot of the times these analysts they um they analyze fights but they're not in the fight you know so they can't really exactly tell what's going on um and also a lot of them some of them understand but don't train some of them train and kind of understand yeah but there is something to be said about the man in the arena, you know, who actually has the the experience, you know, and, you know, it brings me to another thing where I'm just like, you know, my coaches have been coaching and fighting for years. Yeah. You know, which is something that you can't. There's you, no way. There's no doesn't... way to quantify that. So. You shake his hand. So I shake his hand. You I'm Have a comparison. I have a comparison. Someone. You
1: are not favored in the fight. Absolutely not. You know. What I'm, is it
0: like? Uh, four to one. Four or to some, one. Four something to like one. That. Something yeah. like
1: that. So if I had money on on you, I could make some. You make. There's a lot of money. People that made money off that. So fight. you walk. You walk into this. Oh, what's the audience like? I mean, this is UFC
0: audience. You know, you have the comparison of your. Oh, yeah. So oh. I didn't think about all that until afterwards. Because of course for me it's fight time. For yeah, me You're just focused. I'm just focused on the fight. Um I learned a long time ago that it doesn't matter who you're fighting, it doesn't matter where you're fighting, what you're fighting in a ring or a cage, it doesn't matter what the audience is like, it doesn't matter what the uh what the betting lines are yeah. like, everything always changes except for one thing. The person across from you is gonna try to beat your ass. Yeah. So that's the only thing I'm I'm worried about. You walk in there. I walk in there and you know, Looking. Off, off the get, you know he 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 lands a couple punches and I'm like I need I need to find my range. When I, when I
1: remember seeing that fight, I remember seeing you you, you know what was to, what was talked about as far as both of you this fight or something. These guys are gonna fucking grapple it out or mm-hmm. something's
0: gonna happen. But you motherfuckers start fucking going to war. Yeah, so when, exchanging. <laughs> yeah, so what <laughs> happened was. was I remember thinking, okay, this guy's a heavy puncher. He's got good combinations, and he's uh, and he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna put power. and he likes to put pressure on people. Yeah. So what am I I'm thinking? Okay, I can't run away from this guy because obviously he's gonna be chasing me, and I'm just gonna, it's it's gonna be a terrible showing. But I can't just stand in front of him because then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, you know, bounce each other's fists off each other's head. And I'm not trying to be stupid when I'm older. So, what do I do? I'm like, okay, if he's gonna throw some power shots, I have to make him throw those power shots in order for him to get tired. Yeah. So I stand just outside of it, just outside of it, to make him feel like, oh, he's right there. I'm going to hit him. Yeah. So he throws those power shots. I slip, I move, and I just hit him with a two or three. Pop, pop, pop.
1: Some of the, your, your head movement in that thing, like the, the evasive nature of some mm-hmm. of the shit you were showcasing. Also, you were throwing some kicks as yeah. well. Yeah,
0: I was, trying to, I was trying to set up some other stuff just to get my hands going, you know, yeah. just, just slightly outside of his power range. That way, if he does hit me, it's fading power rather than, uh, rather than progressive power. There right. was
1: a moment when you have your back on the mat and a fucking kick just comes out of the fucking yeah, and just ether.
0: Him. I could see this guy's uh, soul leave his mm-hmm. body for a moment. Originally, because I remember, so he had caught my kick and you know tripped me up. Yeah. So I remember being on my back thinking, and I'm looking up, and I'm thinking, okay, I see his nose right there. So <laughs> I'm thinking that he's going to come in with a big punch, and I'm just going to stick my knee right in the middle, have him run into my knee. You know, so I'm thinking, okay, that's what's gonna happen. But if he stays there and just kind of plays the game for a second, I'm just gonna upkick him, boom. So that's what I did. Bam, <laughs> up him. Okay, what's what's happening? What's happening? Boom, stand up. All right, let's keep going. Bye, 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 bye. Yeah, he, you see him? He's like, okay. Yeah, that's, it's you. better. Get your ass up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I, I'm not taking another one of those. So. You know, I stand up, and we keep going, and, you know, and at that point, I'm just like, okay, just keep your feet moving. If your feet become lead, then that's what's going to be good for him. Yeah. So I just keep my feet moving, boom, 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 and then if my feet are moving, I could just move my hands. I don't need to put power into them. Just move my hands, and then, you know, sure enough, I, you know, in the, in the first, sometime in the first round, I hit him with a good right hand. Boom. Yeah. And it wobbles him. And then I'm like, oh, shit, this is my chance. I could finish him, and then I close the distance, and then we end up, we end up uh, finishing the round on the fence. Yeah, and at that point, the live odds just completely change. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, now it's now it's my fight. You, you, know, can, and, you can you you could feel the change. Yeah, so, so all of a sudden the tides are changing, and you know, I'm looking across the I'm looking across the uh, the cage, and he's kind of leaning over, and he's coming up, and he's breathing heavy, and I'm just just that's it. Just eyes completely focused on him, and I hear my coaches, and it, the information's going in, and you know, and I'm just. Just focus And you go out there, and you, now you're in a flow state, and you're just pop, 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 moving, pop, 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 moving. And, you know, every now and again, he gets a couple on me, and then I'm just, okay, come out, recircle, come back out. You know, and, you know, just that over a progression of just him just not giving up, but me just not giving up either. But I'm landing the cleaner shots. I'm landing the uh, the, the better of the, the the striking, and I'm just going for it. Young know? Yeah. It's over and over again, and I at that point I don't even feel pressure on my hands. Not like I'm going through them, but I just, just constantly moving my hands. Boom, 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 and then ding, 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 the bell rings, and all of a sudden you know the, you know I hear the I hear the crowd, and I'm looking around, and at this point it's, now it's starting to sink in. Oh shit, you just you you know you won in the UFC. People see now, people yeah. can see now that the the body of work that you've done, yeah. you know, so far. Um, all of a sudden, I look at my phone and it is just blown the hell up. explosion. With, yeah, it's, it's, I'm just like, oh, crap. Now I'm going to have to go through all this shit. And like, <laughs> and here's the thing like, I, 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 I appreciate it and it's, it's a, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah. At the same time, I'm a lazy person. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, damn, you, I got to go through all these things. Recono-
1: you, you, you economize yeah. your energy. So you, you, you just, you know, you just, Major upset to somebody there. Odds are not in your favor. You win. Uh, you have this body of work behind you, mm-hmm. you know, but some people are just finding out about you now because you're this is UFC and you know, a lot of people just watch that. Yeah. Um, you get questions afterwards. Like, it's "Like, who are you? Like, yeah, like where the what, hell did you, the, come you, yeah, you come and,
0: from? Yeah. And it was funny too because I remember going to the press conference in the back and people asking me like oh you know just different questions and i remember just thinking to myself listen guys i told you you for the most part these mma analysts aren't mma analysts you know they are ufc analysts yeah. they, they they report on the ufc which i don't demonize i'm like hey if you if you're contracted by the ufc you're getting paid by the ufc to follow ufc then that's Understandable. what you do yeah, yeah. but there's but a if geek- you are, but if you are if you have a show called MMA uncensored or MMA this MMA that I'm thinking it's about MMA, yeah. not just the UFC. It's an ecosystem. Yeah, you, know, you, know, you know it's you know the UFC has done a great job and they are the gold standard of promotion. Yeah, you know they uh they, you know they do the best at promoting and as far as uh, from the from the shows that I've been on and the travels that I've done they do damn near the best of taking care of their athletes. You know when I get there they to they want to know my weight is that way they can plan my meals out that way they can do everything they can to make sure that I make way and I fight the best that I can. And that's great. And yeah. It's
1: it's it's one of the best shows on earth. I yeah. mean the
0: entertainment aspect also of
1: just creating an entertainment combat based event. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But to suggest that, I mean to insinuate that they are the only is is wrong. Yeah. You know, you yeah. have one FC, you have Ryzen, you have, you know, M1, you have ACA. There's so many events out there yeah. that these people can uh, that, that these people can draw on. Just for just for entertainment value, that nobody is doing. So these these MMA reporters that that wrote me off as ah just Barcelos is going to walk through him because he has better wrestling, better striking, better this, better that. I'm like, according to who? Yeah. You know, like I've been I've been fighting undefeated guys uh, across the you know across the ocean. I've been fighting these odds that you know for a very long time, and I've been coming up on top mostly. And sometimes I lose, but. Coming up on top. So you find your window, and you not only go through it, but you break it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, these, so the the reporters are asking, did you come in with your chip on a on shoulder? And I was like, no, it's not a chip on my shoulder. It's just, it is what it is. You know, yeah. like the only chip I had on my shoulder is that I was born ugly. If I could, if I was, <laughs> if I was more handsome and I could dance, whoo, I'd, yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd be, it'd be easy. It'd be easy, but. But no, you know. Um, you had to fight for it. I had to fight for literally. it. Li- yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. So fight for now it. Now that I'm here, I'm, I'm here, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, it's funny because I remember, you know, making the, the day before we we're making weight, Brandon Moreno fouled on that card and he was fighting Figueroa. And uh, Brandon Moreno actually had a lot of like training partners and people that he knew, Fighting on that card, and I, I guess the UFC wanted to put a lot of Latino fight, fighters on that card because we were in Anaheim, so close to, you know, Mexico, and they were like, we're going to put a lot of Latino fighters and try to get people in here. Yeah. So, you know, sure enough, Mexican fighter goes up, and then all of a sudden everybody, I mean, to, to weigh in, just to weigh in, everybody's, yeah. yeah, you know, just everybody's clapping and cheering. And then a Brazilian guy comes up, and then you hear, like, the polite claps. Yeah. And, clap. <laughs> and then Mexican guy goes up, yeah, everybody's going crazy. Another uh, an American guy goes up, polite claps, and I was like, you know what, I want a, I want a good clap. I want, a, you know, I think I should, I deserve a good clap, but nobody knows. Yeah, you know, I'm half Mexican, so I go, yeah, yeah, I, I go up there, you know, I weigh in 135. All right, oh, and then they clap, and then I go Arriba las chivas, and everybody kind of <laughs> looks at Cabrón. me like, what the, f-? you know, what the <laughs> hell? And yeah, and then sure enough, afterwards, hey, way, eres, eres, eres mexicano? I was like, mi paz de DF oh, okay. ¿Y le gustan las chivas? Pues, él le gusta el, el UNAM, but I like los chivas because of Nacho Vasquez. He had long hair. You know? yeah. <laughs> you know, so you know, so at that point, people are like, oh, he speaks Spanish. That yeah. kind of word gets around. And then now, right after the fight, I go do these press conference interviews and then this other guy comes over, hey, you're going to do ESPN Deportes with me. <laughs> So I hope you're caught up on your Spanish. And I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to do my best, bro. He goes, well, if, if you can't, then just say it in English and we'll translate it. And I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. So at that point, my lady, she goes, you need to practice more of your fucking Spanish. I was like, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So I started practicing more and everything. So, you know, at that point, it's like, oh, also I'm getting messages too. Hey, you speak Spanish. Hey, you're this, you're this, blah, blah, blah. You grew up in Southgate. Yes, de veras. ¿De other people come to my bar, where do, I, where, where do I know you from? Yeah. I'm like, bro, I don't know. For me, I'm still unknown in Southgate. In my head, yeah. that's just, where, that's just where, I, where I'm at. So when yeah. people come up to me, it's like, hey, where do I know you from? Bro, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Do I, I don't think I owe you money. Yeah. Like, I, what, and, I, and, you know, whenever people say, hey, where do I know you from? I think, obviously, I think about, you know, I think about Southgate. Where do I know yeah. you from? Who do you know? Yeah. You know? Where are you from yeah you know, it's you know, a diff-
1: it's a different thing to asking somebody somebody yeah <laughs> it, it's
0: a different thing, like you can ask somebody normally, hey, where are you from? oh, I'm from yeah. X place, hey, oh for me it's like where are you from i don't I don't rap nobody the defensive yeah.
1: is, the defenses come up yeah. yeah, it's
0: like nobody I'm just going to school or I'm just going to work or I just where are you from Pff, nowhere, you know, my mama <laughs> you know that's it. What was your what was your after your after party
1: like as far as like how did you how did you celebrate that?
0: So after the fight, you know, of course the UFC goes all right, go away. You know, I didn't even get to watch the other fights, but I was like, all right, so I go and I shower up and you know I work just down the street, so. <laughs> I will go. I go straight to work, you know. And Holy
1: <laughs> that's right. That's a, this is Anaheim.
0: Yeah. Right. Just
1: fucking just go. You're, okay.
0: Yeah. I go. I go to downtown Fullerton, and that's where I work at this place called the Bowery, and the bartender. Yeah, has a bartender. Yeah, and I just <laughs> go and I show up, and then pl- entire place just, is packed. Wait, what? The same day. The same day. <laughs> yeah. The same night. My hair is still wet, you know, from taking a shower. So
1: you're there, fucking. You do the press thing. Yeah. Just I, like they let you go. And you're just oh.
0: I guess I'll go to work. So I go over there, and what was funny is that, like, everybody, as soon as I walk in, everybody, you know, is is shitting their pants. Oh, hey. And mind you, it's the entirety of downtown Fullerton. They all know that I work at this spot. Yeah. And, you know, I've been there for a few years, so people know that, hey, this guy, Vic, he fights. Oh, okay. Oh, he fought the UFC tonight. Oh, man, we're going to we're going to put it on the TV cuz I was the I was the headliner for the prelims so it was free. Yeah. So so, so they they just
1: watched you. So yeah,
0: so the my bar watched me, the bar next door watched me. Every almost every bar in downtown Fullerton was watching me Yeah. because either we have regulars that are just bar flies around the uh, around Fullerton or the bartenders know and you know, my boss has been around downtown Fullerton for a long time as a bar owner, as a as a patron. So he's he knows a lot of people, and a lot of people know him, yeah. and because of that, they know me. So almost every bar in downtown Fort <laughs> had my fight, and then he let people know that I was going to the bar. Okay. Afterwards, because I was going to eat pizza anyways. Yeah. So I show up and but you show, but you're showing up to work, dude. You're not. Sure. Yes, yeah, so I show up. And I start serving drinks, and then they're like, "Bro, get the out of here." <laughs> you know, I'm like I'm like, "Bro, this is an opportunity. I like, I'm I'm bringing in business. Let me make some money, bro." And he's like, "Bro, get out of here. Just go eat some pizza." So I was like, "All right, whatever." So made some money and then you know ate some ate some pizza hung out for a couple hours and you know hey Vic let me get a picture cool hey Vic let me get a picture cool and then you know that fades a little over time yeah you know, yeah of because course. because of course you know yeah. when, when's your next fight when's your next fight All right, yeah. cool this one guy comes up he goes what do I recognize you from I said bro I don't know no idea he goes did you used to used to work security and I was like yeah I used to work security at the bar next door he goes, nah, that's not where I recognize you from. Are you an accountant? And I was like, nah, I've never been an accountant. I said, like, can I get you a beer? He goes, yeah, give me a beer. So I get him a beer and I walk away and I serve other other bartender. I mean, other bar patrons, and a couple of his friends walk in. So I'm like, all right, they're gonna go sit down. I'm gonna go see if they want anything. So I go over there and I sit down. Hey, can I get you guys anything? <laughs> yeah, let me get this, let me get that. Cool. I go and I come back and the guy goes, I swear I recognize you from somewhere. Where, where do I recognize you from, bro? I was like, uh, I don't know, bro. He goes, uh, I said, well, the only other thing I used to do was uh, gay porn. Okay. And he goes, nah, nah, bro, nah, bro, that <laughs> wasn't it, that wasn't it. And I was like, and I, in in my head, I'm just like, oh, I'm just messing with him <laughs> because I want I want his friends to rag on him, and of course his friends start going at him. Oh, like, um, you you watched him? I was like, yeah, bro, I was on Bang Bros, banging Bros. Yeah. And he goes, nah, 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 nah. And I was like, bro, I don't know where I don't know where you recognize me from, bro. Like I don't I don't yeah. know. And then his homies goes, hey, you're a fighter, huh? And I was like, hey, because usually when I'm at work, if I'm not working with food, then I let my hair down. Yeah. You know, when I was, when I was bouncing, I let my hair down because I, I want to cover up these ears. Yeah. Because I don't want. Yeah. I, I just they don't commun- want. They communicate something to
1: people. And yeah. Want- yeah.
0: I just don't want there to be any issue. Like, let me look like a hippie. Yeah. And, hey, bro, you, you know, let me clean up after you. Let me do this. You know, more customer service kind of oriented bouncer rather than I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to kick you out. It's yeah. not my role, you know. Um, so then the other guy goes, hey, you fight? And I was like, ah, something like that. And he goes, didn't you just fight on the, on the UFC card? I was like, yeah, that was me. He goes, oh, bro, that was a good fight, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I made some money off of you. I was like, oh, cool. And a lot of people actually coming up to me afterwards, hey, I put 100 bucks down won like 600 bucks off you and I was like cool when you take taking me to lunch <laughs> like bro like come on let's share the wealth you know so there's a lot of people come up to me after that hey I, I, I won a lot of money on yeah. you I won a lot of money. Oh, okay, that's cool appreciate you. my homie said to put some money down on you and I what I did you know like, all right cool yeah cool but um yeah after after that after the initial fight, that's when it all kind of settled in, yeah where I was like, yo, like I was just in the UFC, like I, made, I I even made sure that right after the fight, I'm looking around and just seeing the crowds of people, you know, just seats filled and and uh you know, just everybody you know cheering, and I was like, man, like I, this is a, this was a body of work., yeah. it's not done, but this is is something cool to behold, you yeah. know, especially thinking my, thinking back on man am i gonna have to quit fighting because i have no team or you know this is i'm i'm working these odd jobs doing you know smog checks and washing dishes and now i'm in the ufc yeah you know and you know it's just it just it for me it's it's very it was it was very surreal it's like a collection of it's like a, a, one of those moments where you're just like man you really thought about where you came from and where you are where you're at now it's like you've lived a lot of life yeah. because you just decided to to live life your own way yeah, off me off being made to feel that not being made to feel, but made to know that you were different from being called the Diablo, you know, to the, the parents not wanting their kids to hang out with you. Now it's all. Now whenever I see the, the, the parents when I go back to Southgate visit my mom sometimes, ah B BW. Ben BW Hey, hablame contigo. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they they wanna tar- they wanna talk to me and ah oh, Mija's over here and in Arizona or Mijo's over here and they're doing this or they're doing this or oh Mijo's in jail and you know, and these are all the these are all the kids that they didn't want hanging out with me. It's full circle. It's it's absolute full circle, you Yeah, know. but you have to go really far away to get back to where you were. Yeah, I remember after my fight, I went back to Southgate, and I remember just you know kind of like sitting in front of the uh, the community center where I used to train, and be like, "Bro, it started, and now it's a Planned Parenthood." <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, "Well, it's kind of a it's kind of a messed up joke, but my life started there." Yeah. Other lives are being ended there, but <laughs> but my life started there, and then you know, and then of course all the you know people that I used to go to Taekwondo with hitting me up on Instagram, "Hey, we used to train over at the Taekwondo center. I knew you were special." Yeah. You know, or you know, I didn't think, or something like, "Oh, hey, man, I just thought you were just going to be another white kid, but <laughs> here you are doing this, here you are doing that." What's next? I mean,
1: you're, you're, I mean, you're pretty much. I think. Uh, I think you're one of the, one of those individuals that just kind of like basically crosses whatever river is in front of them. You know, but yeah. Uh,
0: so next right now it's just continue fighting. You know, I've 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 dedicated my life to martial arts in in such that, you know, I I even in part onto the amateurs where I'm just like, listen, guys, I know it's not easy living at your mom's house till you're 28, 29 years old. It's not easy. But i tell you what's harder, making it as a fighter when you're out on your own. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fucking hard because you got a rent to pay. You know, and then you start messing around with these girls and you get one pregnant and then she has a baby. Now you got to work to make rent, feed the baby, and, you know, doing all these things. So... It's not always about what you do. You know, you can train three, four times a day, but if you're tired, all those three, four times a day, you're not actually, you know, you're training at 60% of your potential. Yeah. That's not going to be great. You know, make sure your ass is in bed by 9 p.m. You know, with the lights off and your face out of your phone. That way you can go to your, that way you can go to sleep so you can wake up early, you know? So, you know, for me, I've scheduled my life that way. No, I'm not gonna go out no I'm not gonna do this I'm going to bed by 9 p.m. oh you want let's go here all right cool as long as'm I'm, I'm out by 9 p.m. no booze no no booze no drink no drinking no drugs you know saved me a lot of money but also <laughs> saved me a lot of uh, a lot of uh, pain and possible heartache yeah. from you know maybe getting addicted yeah. you know uh, you know costing me rest you know yeah. costing me just things that are, that, are, that are that don't have a dollar value. But have value in the future, you know, like, you know, I even tell a lot of fighters all the time, like, if you were to come, if I were to pay you to come in early, if I were to pay you a thousand bucks or five hundred bucks just to be here 15 minutes early, how often do you think you guys would get here 15 minutes early? And a lot of them are like, well shit, I'd be here fucking half an hour early. But it's like, bro, like, how come you can't come in 15 minutes early to do a little pre warm-up or to drill a little bit before practice starts? That way, you can have that extra time to not get injured. You know, because, I mean, if you want to think about it, people, there's a lot of people that just, oh, I want to be in the UFC so bad. I want to be in the UFC. I want to be in the UFC. Well, I'm thinking, screw that. Like, the UFC is a great organization. But if you think about, I only want to get to the UFC, it's a, that's a, I'm in the UFC and I'm telling you right now, it, yeah, it's great, but it's not the end yeah like what about being the best that you can be no matter where it takes you it, because that will translate to everywhere. everywhere 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 there's a lot of fighters that went that I know that went to the UFC didn't do shit yeah you know um there's a lot of fighters in the uFC right now that haven't traveled anywhere that haven't lived life like like I have you know i', I I'm fortunate to that I got to go to Japan I got to go to Russia I have all these stories in my head but None of that was part of the UFC. There's a lot of fighters in the UFC that have traveled the world. You know, yeah. you know, Pedro Munoz, you know, Donald Cerrone, you know, all those guys have traveled the world. So it, it went hand in hand with them. Yeah. But there's not, not a lot of fighters that got to travel the world like that. So, you know, that's that's uh,
1: something that you know that's you. I mean, I, I guess uh, in a lot of ways, Josh gave you that experience. That that uh, that. Process to in I mean one day can you see yourself turning into a, I, into I don't know. a teacher I, for
0: yourself I, I I you know it's funny because I've i thought about it I don't think that I could be a coach in my own sense only because I know the, the the hard work that goes into it yeah you know but I do see myself as being the 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 head student you know for a long time because of course you know I want my coaches to live forever because I always want I want to learn. I want to learn as much as I can off of them, yeah. you know, that's just not how life works. Eventually they will either, they will pass, you know, but they will also, you know, or maybe they move away or maybe I move away, but yeah. life is going to separate us somehow. So I'm going to have to continue and teach their lessons, but I don't want to be head coach. Yeah. I want to be, I'm going to be, I, if in my world, I figure I want to be the old guy in the room, teaching the young, helping teach the younger guys while my coaches are still the head coach. You know, I can be, I can be a leader in other senses, you know, but for me it's like, I always want to be the fighter. I always want to be competing. I think that's, that's what makes the best teachers the reluctant ones. You know,
1: Mm -hmm. like in my end, like I do my thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I went through a lot myself, a lot of experiences and, you know, they say that those that can't do teach Mm -hmm. and it hurts, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes I can't be out there doing what I used to do, Mm -hmm. but I know that there's not a lot of people out there with my experience. And I think, we end up in a place where we realize that this weight of experience and of uh, processes and of uh, a need and a want to not have other people go through the same bullshit that we went through and kind of how to guide people through that. Yeah. I, I think in the end, that's a pretty good place to end up, you know? Yeah. It's not a bad place, but... There's always a
0: struggle because you know once you're a fighter, that's where you want to be. Yeah, you know it's funny because I mean I'm mean, even telling my, my girl, I was like, listen, when I do finally retire from professional fighting, you're gonna need to, I'm gonna need to do something because like, and this is my this is my mama's side coming in. You can't bring in a hunting dog. No, know, no. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, if if that dog is used to hunting, it's got a schedule. It's got it's got things that it's used to doing. Also, you try to bring it indoors, it's not gonna be a lap dog, you know, so I need something to do.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so that's why I want to, I want to stay in the gym. I want to continue to train. I, even if I'm not fighting professionally anymore, I still need to be in the gym because yeah. if I wasn't, ooh, well, I, I, maybe I would have been the, you know, I would have been something else with high socks and, and baggy <laughs> jeans and shit, but. Well, uh, I think you're, you're not
1: there yet. Yeah. You are, you have, you have some, you have some fights ahead of you. Um, I, I, I could see that you, uh, you still have some, you still have some faces to crack, yeah. I you mean, still have some surprises uh, ahead of you. I, I've, I I've been feel fortunate.
0: That. I've been fortunate to, uh, even though I am thirty-five, I don't feel thirty-five. You don't. Yeah. You don't move
1: thirty-five, and you. You. you I, I see. I see that. I see. I see the work that's gone behind
0: you, and I. I know for a fact we're gonna. I ex, we should expect great takes from you. Yeah, I hope so. As soon as I heal this broken thumb, Jesus. <laughs> Hopefully, they can cut out whatever bone spurs or bone chips are off in there, and. And then get back to it. uh, Thank you for coming out here and having this conversation with me. Thanks for having me.
1: Vidiablo.
0: (laughs) Vidiablo. La Mangosta. I got so many nicknames. (laughs) My dad calls me El Monstro, Josh calls me La, La Mangosta. Yeah. The parents around call me V Diablo. My, yeah, my mom calls me v Di- V-W.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I think a lot of people should uh you know, wear some devil horns next for your next fight, you know. Th- that would be that would be legit. I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do that probably, you know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh thank you for coming out, man. Uh this was a fucking great conversation and
0: uh uh thank you. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, anytime, bro. Anytime you're in the, over there, we can train too. Fucking a. <laughs> oh.